Hey, everybody, it's Dustin from the HP Podcast. And this is Ben. We're just coming here to tell you about our show. Well, the HP Podcast. The HP Podcast is a weekly video game podcast from handsomefandom.com. That's also part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. And Ben, it's a little hard to describe our show because it's a little bit of everything. We get into a lot of shenanigans. We also talk about some news. We have some pretty serious topics sometimes. But sometimes uh, our friend Brandon takes a shirt off and uh, just does the show that way. So you should definitely check it out. I think you got stuck to the seat last time. It's possible. So that was that was a time. Yeah. So anyway, check out our show. We would love that. The HP podcast. Hey, everyone. This is Rob and Jay from the Classic Gaming Podcast. We uh, play and talk about old school video games on our podcast. I know you probably couldn't have guessed that from the name of it. But uh, as for me, I tend to prefer the old, the good old point and click adventure game genre. I also like strategy games. I play a lot of a wide variety of stuff. Uh, uh, as for Jay? Yeah, I'm really partial to RPGs and RTSs. So things like Final Fantasy Tactics and Chrono Trigger to that of StarCraft or Age of Empires. Um, generally at the podcast, we try to stay on topic, but we usually end up going off on super, super far tangents. Give us a listen over at the HP Video Game Podcast Network. You can also find us at ClassicGamingPodcast.com. And uh, we hope you check us out. good how's everybody doing post uh turkey day in america and and all around the world hope you're doing real good thank you for tuning in to weekly games chat this is episode 334 my name is sean i have two of the coolest friends in the world uh that are always rocking we rock together that's how we do and first off i usually introduce a guy who wears glasses technically i could too but i don't and he looks great in them Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome John to the show. John, how you doing, buddy? Oh, there it is. It's back. What is that? Is that a Diet DP? It is a Diet Dr. Pepper. That's what's up. Uh, fun fact. Fun fact alert. That is John's favorite soda pop. I that think. he shouldn't be drinking. That he shouldn't. He shouldn't. I don't know what that. Why? I, uh. I got the diabetes. Hashtag, hashtag old man chat. My, uh. Yeah. My enzyme count in my liver is up again. The fudge! Does that... <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Chris and I, uh, speaking of Chris, Chris, I was just going to go right into what you did, but I need to introduce you as well, my friend. The audio engineer himself. The man, the myth, the legend. The greatest at one time goat ever. Chris, what's up, buddy? What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? A, How you doing? I have a Coke Zero <laughs> that was chilled in my Xbox refrigerator. And then move to my actual refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, if you if you're watching us live on Twitch.tv uh, Weekly Games Chat, you would see what Chris just mentioned. It's directly behind him. It looks like a giant Xbox Series X. If you tell is, me it was an Xbox, I'd believe you. Yeah, it. But um, he claims an Xbox can fit in it. John, I asked him that today. Oh, has the fan shut off? 
No, it does not. Uh, I've kind of figured out that it's really more of like, I wouldn't call it a mini fridge. I would call it more of a cooler, right? Like I would tell people if you want to actually use it for fridge stuff, like it would be a good idea to go, Oh, I've got drinks in my refrigerator, right? In my gaming rooms downstairs. I know I'm going to be there for a couple hours. Let me go grab four drinks, put them in here, turn them on. That way they'll, they'll just stay cold, you know? As opposed to like taking room temperature drinks and putting them in there and just expecting it to get so cold that it feels great in your hand or, you know. Yeah. Open it up. Take out a drink. Show show the audience what you <laughs> Oh, I don't have any drinks in there right now. Well, just open it anyway. Act like a drink would go in it. Now, this makes perfect radio because it's visual. Uh, but that's why it's a podcast and we could do what we want until we get sponsors that tell us otherwise. So Chris is showing, Wow. Did not expect the girth of that thing in there. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, it claims it can hold uh, a pretty good amount of drinks. I don't remember the exact number, but I saw the box today. There, Chris, there was, so Chris called me and he said, or actually sent me a picture of it when it was in his buggy. I don't know if he did the YouTube, John. So my mom is actually, she's kind of, I think, low-key looking for one. You going to open it? Oh. You already did. We didn't hear it. And uh, she's low-key looking for one. So I'm like, where is it? Where'd you get it? So it was at our local Target. Chris said there was an end cap full of them. This was mm-hmm. yesterday. I go today to look for some some Christmas decor. And there's one left. And I'm texting mom. I'm like, yo, I in theory, I'll buy it for you if you want it. But I need to talk to you first because I had heard Chris say, you know, it's not necessarily a true mini fridge. It's more of an aesthetic with an Xbox look. It's a novelty. It's nice. It'll do some things. Don't you still kind of want one, John? <laughs> no, after seeing it, I don't. Um, it seems like it would. It just seems like it would piss me off. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're like. I would what, hate what? The fan noise, and I figured the fan would stop once it got to the temperature it needed to be. No, but no, it's uh, they actually they actually make it run like a PS4 Pro. I guess. Yeah, it's it's y'all running Horizon Zero Dawn in that game. It's it's funny funny. to like have the fridge back there with the fan on. You're like, this thing is louder than actual, like way louder than Xbox Series X actually is. But the good thing is, you know, to me, it it, I purchased it because it's a gimmick, you know. And I was like, it's something I knew I could put in the background. It looks cool. Yeah, and and it is like a good thing. Like when I'm obviously I don't have a turn on right now because I don't want the fan running. Uh, but you know, it, it's a good thing for like Friday nights, you know, me, if I'm sitting here, uh, playing games, I can put my beer in there and not have to walk to nice. the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. And this is, I mean, we haven't, we haven't actually drank a beer on the show in a couple <laughs> episodes now. We're slipping boys. We're I slipping. Have a, I have a whole cooler full of, of beer. So. <laughs> he did. Yeah. yeah. I was there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, speaking of that kind of ties into Thanksgiving and Friendsgiving, uh, Chris did tell me he made it to the Friendsgiving uh, party. I didn't make it, but he he said it was a great time. John, you're a good host, so kudos to you on that, buddy. Yeah, it's I, funny. We we ended up with uh, we ended up with the guys in one room and the ladies in the other. Room. Yeah, because y'all probably started talking about like video games and stuff. Um, me, and Casey, yeah. me, 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 Casey, and Chris kind of commandeered a little section. Uh, and that was the chat and John was kind of floating in between until later on. We, I think I finally got up to get a beer or something like that. And then slowly we all started to converge together, but I got all my video game chat out away from 
the other people are there because I was like, yeah. I don't know how much they care about video games. So let me go yeah, talk um, to For the longest time, <laughs> it was Chris and Casey in a corner whispering sweet nothings. In the, in Do you know what they were talking about? I know what um, they were talking about. I didn't ask. So many it's, things. So if, if it to, to if it was a piece of paper, let's just ball it up, throw it out, all the details on it. It came down to this text from Chris. Uh, I don't want to read it verbatim, but it basically says, oh, by the way, uh, Casey and I are going to see Spider-Man if you want to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, he bought that. Yeah. yeah he'd mentioned that. I so guess he didn't, he didn't officially invite me, but. Dude, if, if we should go and sit really close to them. You can be, um, <laughs> you could be new. John, you wear glasses. You can be new Tony for the night if, if you want to be. Wait, Tony wears glasses? <laughs> <laughs> That's that was our thing back in the day. Like B, Tony, and Casey pretty much routinely went to the movies together. And yeah. Now that he's been the common thread, you know, he was the the organizer, now he's gone. So we're Where'd like, he go? To Florida. I know. I he retired. Yeah. He retired. He's he moved down to Florida because <laughs> he retired. Uh but do you plan on going to see uh Spiderman, John, in the theater? Oh sure. I kinda I, I kinda I'd want to. Yeah, it's uh, I kind of, I, I kind of, collectively speaking, uh, I hold those that series of films up there with Captain America. So mm. I'm very excited about about this. Movie. I, I'm excited and and somewhat I nervous. To get my hopes up about Garfield and Maguire. It's a good I idea. Used to be upset about it if it doesn't happen. Um, I really think they should tell us if it You're is. You're talking about that music group that wrote "You Make My Dreams Come True." No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bad joke. Boo. You just dated yeah. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. What was funny, I watched the, uh, real quick, I watched, uh, uh, I was on t- the TikTok, right? You know, all the kids watch it. And it was a Pete Davidson joke, and he's roasting somebody. And he says he's sitting in the room with Ludacris and Snoop Dogg. And then he, the way he delivers the joke basically is, if I was 38, I'd be losing my mind right now. And it, the way he delivered it, Pete Davidson, classic die laughing because if you're not in your 30s almost 40 you don't care about ludicrous or snoop dog like you just don't there's other stuff and yeah you're right old man chat up in here up in here i just did it again you see what i did but um other than friendsgiving did you boys have a good thanksgiving i did it was yeah did you get did you get to see the fam and all that i did not all of them unfortunately my sister had to work but uh you know we had fun it was it was a good time did you? I don't. I forget the tradition. Is it cheesecake or pie? Uh, for this, it's pie. <laughs> it's pie. It's pie. <laughs> pie. Did you have a good Thanksgiving, Johnny Bear? It was pretty good. It started off. It was busy. We we spent the weekend with up in Atlanta with a couple of friends. Yeah. Then I then I then we drove back from Atlanta on Sunday. I immediately got in my car, drove down to my parents' house. He and he and my dad got up. At, me and my dad got up at 4 a.m. on Monday, went down to Osceola, Georgia to go fishing. Um, so I'm tired. And then you know, <laughs> I, I came back and I pretty much I worked a couple of hours every day in the office. Hmm. And then we had two Thursday and Friday, two Thanksgiving ish type events that it, it, they drain it, you. It did. And, and it felt like I only. I felt like I only had a weekend to rest up, but at least I had that. Yeah, at least we, uh, but during, you know, this is the time of year and they kind of done it different. And I love this. If you're a shopper and you're looking for deals, um, it's more, it's catered more to the deals are starting 
there is still a Black Friday for the for the major doorbusters. Mm-hmm. Did you guys get anything cool? I I was over I was over two on the things I wanted. I didn't I get anything. We, I don't think we've done going to the store in a long time. I think she just she just sticks to online deals whenever possible. I'm not sure if she even bothered to go shopping. Well, Cyber Monday is now gone. Yeah. As you know, as you hear this, I mean, it, to me, it felt more like a block because everybody's already kind of cyber mundane all the time looking for the best deals or what have you. But I, I really tried to secure Guardians of the Galaxy for like 26 bucks from Target and I swung and missed. And you failed. I failed. Uh, I didn't want to get it digitally. I'll let and, you borrow it. And yeah. And I'm, I, I was going to bring that up again. You made a promise to me and you said, if I fail, you got me. I got you. So you got me, boo. That's what's up. Uh, I'm going to pivot real quick. I mentioned we're recording live on Twitch.tv. A lot of you know that. If you don't know that, you should. Uh, but we had a first-time chat, and we've highlighted those in the in the few weeks that we've kind of started highlighting them, so I'm going to keep that up. Izzy Roy Lynn, what's up? Uh, caught a live stream. Here you are, and here we are talking about you. Hello. Thank you for stopping by. We appreciate you. And our head boy is back. Our number one fan. Eh, he's here. Don't call hey, him back. Look at him. Hey, he's, he's, in the he's back. So what's up? Uh, and a minute ago when I talked about Pete Davidson, that was on the roast of Justin Bieber, apparently. So, but like on TikTok, you know, they bring back things and it's funny. It's good stuff. Um, I also, boys, I don't know if you caught it, uh, but I Chris challenged me on being a true Marvel fan. Apparently, you can't just be kind of a Marvel fan. You have to be either all in or nothing. That's what um, they want. <laughs> but I watched Hawkeye. Did you boys catch Hawkeye? I have not actually watched Hawkeye yet. What? Yeah, yeah I saw it. Did you watch both? Yeah, I mean, obviously you did. How do you feel about it so far without spoilers? <laughs> um, I'm not sure where they're going with it. I don't either. Uh, I was a little bit underwhelmed with it for the first two episodes, but, you know, hopefully it'll get better. So some of the some of the stuff. So think I'm, I'm going to speak in code, and if you've watched the show, you know the code. <laughs> End of the first episode ish, a thing happens and a thing is obtained, and they treat was, they treat that thing like some weird MacGuffin, some Lord. Well, okay, I didn't miss anything, right? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like they're tr- they're treating it like you're looking for the Master Sword and. Here's this legendary artifact. It's just I don't know. It's just I'm not sure what they're trying to do. Well, they're even creating, I, still, I don't even know how to. A, they're creating a series out of that tiny. What was it? 15, 20 minutes out of a film. Yeah. You know? So okay, thank you. You answered my question. I wanted yeah. to make sure because I am a bootleg Marvel fan, according to Chris, that I didn't miss a spinoff or something else, a graphic novel, mm-hmm. something I should have caught on no. to prior to watching that. So, no. no? You pretty much have everything you need. Yeah, right then, right there. They, and they, they show it over and over. So <laughs> there is that. Oh, my goodness. So we're in the intro. If you haven't paid attention, this is where we kind of shoot the banter. Um, I, I did. I want to give a, a special shout out to the uh, anybody who's listening uh, that is an Auburn fan that is of Auburn football. I, you think I'm throwing shade? I'm not, Chris. I got to attend the Iron Bowl this year, which was at – Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn, Alabama. They treated me really kind, and I was the guy that had on my uh, Tua jersey. I had an Alabama hoodie on. I was You're repping your team. It's the Iron Bowl. This is what you do. Uh, and I was the guy that when good stuff happened for my team, I yelled, and they didn't, so I got looks. 
but at the end it was it was a it was an amazing experience and i was telling chris um basically i haven't been in a sporting arena where the, i think the crowd affected the opposing team as much as they affected i believe that they affected that game it was it was electric in that stadium so kudos to them for getting hyped up for that game boogie, it's boogie, boogie. It's kind of cool to be part of that. History was made. That's a big rivalry game, and it's called the Iron Bowl, uh, and that dates back to when the game was played in Birmingham, Alabama. But they had never gone into into overtime. It's kind of like how Jim Harbaugh had never beat Ohio State. <laughs> so <laughs> all of that changes weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're Ohio State fans, you kind of are like, um, that's not that you don't want to talk about that. Joey Galloway. On did you see this, Chris? He they at the very end of I think the college wrap up they do every Saturday evening. They kind of yeah. bring up the college team helmet final. to Michigan, and he's like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm not no," because he <laughs> graduated from Ohio State. It's hilarious, but good weekend of college football, and we all look forward to the next weekend um, championship weekend, as they call it. So things are going to get sorted out even more, uh, and so we'll see. And it's crazy, it's crazy. Not looking forward to it. It's crazy because we had some coaching changes. Did you see these, John? Did you see what happened? Mm-mm. So Everything the head coach changed. of Notre Dame, who in their season's done, his name is Brian Kelly. In theory, they could still make the college football playoff if things shook out a certain way. <laughs> he is now he is, he is now he is now the coach of the LSU football tigers in Baton Rouge. It's really weird he to left. see his Twitter page say "Go Tigers" on there, and you're like, the day before it was "Go Irish," <laughs> the day after it's "Go Tigers." Spelled funny. Yeah. Second, the head coach of Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley. It's depressing because Chris and I—he's more like Chris's age—but we realize what we've done with our lives. He's a head coach of Oklahoma. Well, not anymore. He got a job at USC, yeah. the Trojans. He's going to try to resurrect that program. So this time of year is fantastic. Seasons are ending, but playoffs are starting. Coaching changes are happening. It's insane. Um, that was like the- Here we go. Hey, we got a little football chat from, it looks like a, I don't know if you're a Wolverines fan, but your mom's box rules. That may be one of the greatest names ever. The national uh, champion. <laughs> uh, I've never heard that phrase before. Uh, you, you guys are beauties. That was, it was, dude, that, yeah, there was some great football this weekend. It really was. I, I couldn't believe that the way it went down. That was so, probably yeah. starting Friday night with the Egg Bowl. That was, or no, Thursday night from the Egg Bowl on. That was probably the greatest five days of college football I've ever experienced. Like, it was pretty good. Like, pretty good. The Egg Bowl was a classic. Then Friday, um, Arkansas and uh, who was it they were playing? I can't remember A and M, or no, not oh no, you're right, Missouri. That was a classic game. Going to Saturday, you get the noon kickoff. I mean, that might Ohio be State, Michigan, as yeah. much as as much as the I, I could feel the uh, you know the crowd atmosphere for Auburn Alabama that night. You didn't get to watch it. That is probably one of the most. I wish I was in that crowd, like at Michigan, because that just looked electric. And then yeah, you know, then ours is a classic. You go to the night games. Bedlam was crazy down to the wire. LSU and um, Texas A&M was crazy for Coach O's last game, getting the win. And then you go to the next day, and now apparently Lincoln Riley, who the night before said, I will not be the head coach of LSU, gets up the morning and goes, 
Because I'm going to USC. USC. Go Trojans, baby. Get up Monday no, morning and it's like, by the way, I'm going to I'm going to LSU. Like, and, and then I mean, not to not to act like pro football, American football isn't isn't. It was a great weekend of that too. That league this year has been total parody. Mm. The John parody is. I know. I just, I just saw this tweet. Saban, Saban's going to Georgia. He's mm. going to Georgia. Curse the going to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, we don't rest in peace to Auburn's offensive coordinator. He was fired. Uh, that's a Georgia tie guy. His name's Mike Bobo. He'll probably land a job somewhere because you know. You Hopefully at the University of Georgia. <laughs> yeah, but it's crazy. Uh, good luck this weekend. It's, I hope it's a good game. I'm not going to be able to watch it, and hopefully that that may save a little bit of anxiety from me. I I, I got to make some DJ money, so. I'm gonna go. Well, let get, me tell uh, you here, um, I as as the Georgia fan, I understand that they are heavily favored. Seven points. But um, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sorry, they're not heavily favored. They're yeah, favored. they're favored. Um, I am not going to be boastful. So then, when Tuesday comes and Alabama wins, which they will, um, you won't, you won't, you won't be. Hearing, I'm the same. Yeah, you won't be hearing this. Jonathan's been. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll if whatever happens, if if Alabama loses and Georgia wins, you'll get a congratulatory text, a congratulatory text, and it'll be the same like it is every week here. Well, if uh, if 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 Alabama does win, what you'll see from Chris is the, the the meme that he's had in his arsenal for the entire season. That that meme that says "You mad? You mad? Yeah, you mad?" <laughs> no, that one is for. Haters. He, he, that is he, he particular. breaks that one out every time they eke out a win. <laughs> no, that that is for haters, mainly for oh, yeah. those in the uh Discord college football that love to talk smack and then be like, I think you're a little bit mad that we're apparently still winning. Or Saturday <laughs> Saturday night, that was just reserved because I could feel it, John. I could feel it 30 seconds before the end of the game. I was like, every one of my friends that's a Georgia, (laughs) Auburn, or whoever is about to let us all have it. John, I told Chris, I felt, I literally, you could feel when they, when the crowd started feeling, the doubt started creeping in that this could turn out the way it turned out. Because until the moment that the doubt creeped in, that place was jumping. Dude. It, I was shaking. I was like, there. It was insane. There's this noise that they make, and this the crowd no, noise knows it. It's to get them after like a TV timeout. It's time to make noise. Let's go. Instant reaction when this noise came on. I dream. I dreamt about it. I was like, I don't ever want to hear that again. It was, it was crazy. Well, Alabama rarely misses an opportunity to exploit your mistakes. That's true, but yeah, they they do they do try to take away your strength. Wait. And then, but Georgia knows they they've been watching film too. It's gonna hopefully a good game. Hopefully, that's all I want. To your point, John, as far as this week, if we win, I don't really see the point being boastful because, sure of us, like I guess winning sixty to seven, I'm pretty confident you guys are still going to the college football playoffs. So it's kind of like, why would you be boastful when there's a good likely chance that we might see each other again, right? Either in the semis or in the national. They're saying if uh, Bama loses, they they likely lose their shot. Yeah. The we yeah. have to win. You guys don't. You uh, guys, okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what Chris said. If, if y'all win, y'all are still going to be in. That's what he said. Not us. So yeah. we got to get beat by you guys twice. <laughs> or, well, or I we just got to root for Michigan or Cincy, Cincinnati yeah. or <laughs> Notre Dame. No, no, never, never. Oh um, my this God. Has how, been- how great would that be? If Notre Dame gets into the college football player playoff and runs the table 
And Chip or Brian Kelly's down at LSU watching them hoist the national championship. <laughs> I would laugh. I just wish Georgia would have choked on a game earlier this season because they're due. <laughs> you almost did week <laughs> and it, one. And it's coming soon. <laughs> well, and Chris and I were talking, and I really think that the game's going to be more like the Clemson-Georgia game. Uh, we match up very similar to how Clemson matched up to you guys, except for now there's been a whole season that's been played. So, I mean, you can take that how you want. There's been injuries, but there's also been development and and stuff like that. So, I just I think it's going to be a good game, and you're right. Every Now, this, Vegas is saying it's still about a touchdown or less. That means Vegas thinks it's going to be close. Mm-hmm. All of the pundits, it's it's a dismissal of Alabama. That's where I think you're kind of talking about it's Georgia's going to win and blah, blah, blah. We'll see. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, I love this. Cause I do too. I don't. I don't feel like I have to worry. You know, like expectations for once. <laughs> I think we're getting trolled in the chat. I don't know. Uh, somebody's saying Ed Orgeron's not leaving until next year. I think what he might be off here. So he's saying Brian Kelly isn't having until next season. Yeah, he's not going to coach a game till next season. He's gone though. He left. But and also night. Ed Orgeron <laughs> said that his last game that he wants to be remembered at was the win in Baton Rouge. Yeah. He's not coaching him in the bowl game. They'll have an interim coach for that. Correct. I think so. Like whoever is that. uh the defensive coordinator or something like it's that. It's that guy from True Blood. He's gonna be the coach. <laughs> Did they sacrifice um Bobo for the head coach mm-hmm. of Auburn? Did they fire the Auburn head coach? No, no. he's brand new. They no. can't fire him. <laughs> Yeah, he's 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 got it. They're gonna give him a chance. They can fire him. The way he said it seemed kind of no. It's his first just, year. They made it w- sound like Bobo was the sacrificial lamb for the season. He was for that, oh. I guess. But like to me, he you're not gonna fire a head coach because of the way college football is. Where if you if they fire him, they're gonna have to pay him probably like almost fifty million dollars. And Auburn's not gonna pay a coach after his first season fifty million dollars to go stay at home somewhere. You know, they'll give him a couple mm-hmm. years. Yeah, so next year he'll actually have some of his recruits, you know, in the system, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll probably look at it more like that. I I personally think he's going to be a good coach. He was very successful at Boise, and plus he he wears a nice tucked in shirt, very iron, much like yourself. He looks like a he looks like a coach, you know. Yeah, so, I had I had no hate for the guy. Like when I was watching, my felt his pain at the end of the game when I saw him, and you could just tell, you know, hit him. He's like, I almost had it. And how many guys can say, like, the first time they ever played Nick Saban, you had him, you know? That, yeah. That's that's a rare... Dude, it was, it was special to be there. Uh, once again, I tip my hat. Um, it it's something I'm never going to forget in my life. Mm-hmm. And that was my, um, that's my second Iron Bowl. For anybody who doesn't watch football, just imagine your, your team's bitter rivalry. That's what an Auburn-Alabama game is. That's what a Michigan-Ohio State game is, to kind of give you some perspective. For sure. Um, so... Hey, we still got soccer after all of this ends, right? Boo. <laughs> uh, do you guys got anything else you want to add, or does this pretty much wrap up the uh, intro portion of this fine program? Never. I, I'm good. You're good? I just want to give you guys that opportunity because I love your faces, okay? Okay. And you're adorable, and I would, I would, I would snuggle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? Uh, welcome. We've made it. 
This is the official portion of the show that we call Topic Time. Time, time, time. <laughs> whether, <laughs> whether you got here, at, at, you know, you listened from the beginning of the show or you saw the little time marker and you just fast forwarded to right here. We, uh, we thank you for being here and we welcome you. I'm going to shut up now because Chris is going to do a thing and that's called introducing the topic. And then he's going to do most of the speaking on it because he really played the topic. So here we go, Chris. The topic is. Oh. <laughs> Halo Infinite Multiplayer! If there was anything more perfect for that, it was that. I, I didn't expect it. And John, you said that well. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly i definitely did not hold the pitch perfectly but you know we got it we got the gist yeah for sure you know this wasn't gonna be the topic till till five minutes before the show started <laughs> <laughs> but i had all the aspirations of uh and i did put some time into it um but i think if i ever do talk about that game on here i need more time with it we'll see maybe next week i don't know and you've put a lot of time into it but it's it's one of those uh yeah it's one of those rpgs you know it's one of them games where i'm like well i've played 20 hours and you're like what's the baseline for the main campaign oh if i just did the main story it's 60 hours oh, okay great <laughs> nice <laughs> you know so i have no idea where it's going at this point um, but yeah, uh, as everyone's probably aware of by now on the 20th anniversary of the original Halo Combat Evolved and the original Xbox release, uh, they closed their celebratory Microsoft celebratory stream by announcing that, Hey, we're going ahead and putting the multiplayer out today. You can go ahead and play it, download it. It's free to play. Go have yourself fun. And then everything crashed. <laughs> but after a little bit, <laughs> when the servers got up, I quickly started watching concurrent users on Steam go like this. And I'm thinking, if Steam's got that number, I don't want to even imagine what it's going to be like on Xbox where the bulk of the player base is, you know, for this game series. And has always been. Um and I am happy to report, to come back and say that gameplay-wise, I think this is the best multiplayer I have felt in Halo at least since, uh, at the very least, Reach, probably more like Halo 3. I played a, a good little bit of Reach multiplayer, but 3 was the last one I truly dialed in on, I would say. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would flirt with it with uh four and five and then i wanted to enjoy the multiplayer for uh the master chief collection but of course we all know of the um uh, debacle yeah controversy if you will <laughs> that that ended up being unfortunately you know the campaigns play great but they just i think it was only maybe like last year that people are like it's kind of stable now um you know and that sucks but yeah this is I, I have to give kudos because in a time where we look at things and um, you, you see Battlefield struggling, Call of Duty struggling a little bit as far as mainline Call of Duty. And when you say struggling for Call of Duty, it means, oh, there only came out to be the second most high selling game of the year so far. 
uh, you know, as opposed to their usual domination in years that Red Dead doesn't come out. Um, but, you know, it's been a hard time, I would say, for non-Battle Royale free-to-play shooters, right? Apex is king. Fortnite has been king for quite some time. And a lot of Call of Duty folks are honestly, I feel like, over in Warzone land, right? And they're happy to stay in Warzone land. Um, and it's also not without commenting, you know, this is a hard place to get into because as Halo has fallen, I feel like most arena shooter people have moved on to free play ones such as Valorant, which is very popular. And of course the king of them all that still is king as far as user player base. I, I don't think we'll ever go down just because for whatever reason, there's just people love this series so much and it's CSGO, right? Like, yeah, is, CSGO is still legit until they yeah. make another CSGO, which they never will. Age of Empires, and it's not as good as CSGO, they'll go right back to it. Yeah, they, I don't think they will ever make another CSGO. They they are totally content to just release things for it and go cash. Yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I am so pleased. Uh, so for those who haven't gone into it yet, there's really only two things you can do right now um, outside of doing custom maps that you can do with your friends if you want, if you want to do private matches. But for those who are actually going into it right now, until the game releases, we'll see if maybe there are a few more customizations. And um, I would also even wonder a few more maps that might come out that I'm wondering might be t tied to the actual story for Halo Infinite and why they're not showing them to us right now. Cause usually there's always a couple of those per, per halo. And it's clear here that they were trying to pick maps that don't give anything away. Um, but yeah, you can either get into two playlists. One is the, the main one, which is just kind of your basic four on four arena shooter, smaller maps, right? Um, very tight. And yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Right afterwards, uh, if you want to go to a bigger scale, you can do the, I believe it's eight on eight, which is the big battle, um, big team battle playlist. And basically what you do is you group up with whoever you want your fire team and you get into whichever playlist you want. And it kind of just cycles through. And that's the cool thing is you, I've enjoyed it so far because the playlists I think are very well curated with their core modes that they're doing, which is, Slayer, which is, of course, classic, you know, I'm a team, you're a team, we have to get to 50 kills, we'll work towards that. Capture the Flag, which is, I would say, the, I mean, owns its online history to Halo. That They were kind of the ones who invented and made it the original king of multiplayer uh, shooter, like team multiplayer shooters. And then um, Oddball, which is another one, which is very fun, where there's a skull on the map. Someone on your team has to get and hold the skull and you're trying to hold it enough to eventually secure a victory. And it's like usually three rounds. The first team to win two out of those three is the one who wins. Uh, and it is consistently switching between those. There can be variations on that. There can be like maps where with capture the flag, one team is holding the flag while the other one is trying to take it over. Um, of course, um, if you go to the big team battle, there's also like things where you have like kind of like a zone uh, where you have to go get power sales and bring them back and get them into the station to power up the thing. And if you get all of them, then the round is over. 
Um, but I, I will say this. I have not done as much big team battle because I think that is something that is really suited for having a, a group of people with, because if not, you're going to get wrecked. Um, but I am just so happy because I can't remember the last time the weapons and the level design were so on point for a Halo game. You cannot effectively camp in these maps, especially the arena ones, because there is always a way for players to get to you. When you find yourself stranded, it can get pretty much feel like a death sentence to you uh, in, in an instant, especially if the R crew is doing what they should is rolling with as a team. There are always weapons that have perks for you to take advantage of versus, you know, um, standard halo, right? Like you always start with a, uh, bow rifle, or I'm sorry, the assault rifle and the pistol and two grenades. Right. But you start getting things like, you know, seeing the bow rifle out there, you have, um, you'll have the needler out there, which is just feels so good right now as an SMG, uh, because you could just run up and you learn to pump that into someone's head and it's over. There's there's a shotgun that feels so good in this game to me. It's probably one of my favorite shotguns I've I've had in an online multiplayer in a while. Uh, and they've added these uh, cool kind of, you know, well, they've had equipment before, but they feel like they've honed it in. Where with the equipment, you have um, a grapple shot, which gives so many fun ways to do things like whether it's like going, I want to get to this high point. Let me, you know, aim there and use the gravity to kind of get me up there. Right. The momentum, or you could do it like where there's a guy that maybe is a little too far away with, from you with a bow rifle and you realize you need to close the distance. So you just grapple onto him. And as you're coming forward, you're just shooting. And once you get right close, you just bash his head in and boom, there's a kill. Uh, there's a cool dash mechanic one. Uh, there's of course, active camo, the classic, um, and, uh, I'm trying to think overshield. And there's one I'm forgetting here as far as core base, besides the only one that kind of feels useless, which is the, uh, shield, um, which like you throw a shield in front of you and it really doesn't protect you that much. It, it, it really, Oh, there's an active ping. That's what it is. So, if you're in a map that has a lot of uh, corners around you, very tight, narrow passageways, you could launch a ping down. And that way it kind of gives you a heads up when someone is very close to coming into your vicinity, right? So you can go, oh, hey. Impressions some... are key. And since six years um, have passed since Halo 5 Guardians, you, for Sean. a lot of people like myself, Halo Infinite will be the first Halo we multiplayer can... experience they've played at mm -hmm. launch. Especially since Infinite's multiplayer. I'm not sure. I had to mute Sean real quick because he's got things coming through i'm muted or john no i had to mute you oh, well john is muted but i had to mute yeah, you. that wasn't me uh, i could hear your uh your web browser through that wasn't uh, me really yeah yeah it was coming through oh so oh. make yeah well, I, don't I, be I, watching I, I, videos I, uh, yeah <laughs> glad, I was, was, glad i was something video game related <laughs> 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 Where you want me to be your master chief? Where you want me to be your master chief? <laughs> John, have you seen Big Mouth? Um, that show makes me very uncomfortable. Oh, it should, but at the very end of season one, there's a character called the Italian Stallion. It's fantastic. 
I just feel like I, I question the judgment of adults watching that show. It's like, why? What? Well, it's they great. Also, yeah, they bring it to light at the very end. They do that where they take the camera angle and look at the screen and they explain the whole joke. Yeah, to you for all the people that say things like you just said. I mean, you would. I've watch tried it. to. I've I've started it a few times. I just can't. I just get skeezed out. I'm like, I don't want to hear about the bunch of middle schoolers going through this stuff because it reminds you of what it was like, right? <laughs> you just enjoy your chicken. Sa- oh, that looks like a good chicken sandwich too, right? But anyways, um, but yeah. So you have you have these abilities. You have various types of rifles that all have kind of nice perks like some of them classics right as i said like the needler the shotgun stuff that feels real good of course usually in the middle of the map you have where your premiums drops come and the og still king i think to everyone will be the uh the rocket launcher because it just feels so good to see three guys come around the corner and (laughs) all they see is the rocket and then you just go triple kill and you're like yeah that felt good <laughs> I am not. Do not blame your audio on me, sir. Wait, what happened? You're not you're, supposed to read chat as you do in your review. What happened? You're the one who put on those headphones, and that's probably why we're hearing it. That's my theory. L- listen, I who knows? I'm just watching the uh, review in progress right now on Halo. Yeah. Um, since you never tried to show me the game or anything, I, did. I love how Chris assumed it was me. He researched it. <laughs> no, I, no, I didn't say it was you. I, I knew it was Sean right away. But you I, said it, and people think it. Now we're just said it again, which made it true. Go to the tape. <laughs> so, Chris, yeah, can you? This might be a difficult question to answer, but can you articulate exactly what three four three's problem has been multiplayer wise in the past, mm. and why this is so great? I mean, what did they fix? What did they get right? What did they? Because mm. like, it feels like they've finally started to listen. Correct. Yeah, I think so. That- is I, that might not be easy to answer, but I just thought. I would ask. No, I think uh, if you're really looking at it for those those years when they took over, I think it was more of like them looking at Call of Duty, right? And even to a lesser extent, Battlefield and going, what are those games doing? And what do those players like? Because if we do that, then they'll just come back to Halo, which is like, you know, mm. all you're doing at that point is you're chasing a pipe dream, right? It's kind of like what Battlefield, I think, is going through their problems with right now is that they've kind of killed their thing, which was role-based large team, you know, multiplayer shooters, right. With objectives. And they've nerfed it to be like, you could play as whatever you want. And all of a sudden the player base is like, this isn't battlefield, right. You know, it doesn't feel like it. A medic is supposed to be able to do one thing while a sniper does another. And he can't have the gun that a sniper has. And right now, that game, the new one apparently, is all like, no, just be whatever you want and do whatever you want. So you don't get the team atmosphere and, and making sure you have the various components to to help yourself, right, towards victory. That was kind of what was going on with Halo. And I, I've seen it with my friends who honestly primarily have been playing Call of Duty and I would say Fortnite's where it's been a hard learn for them where they don't understand this is a game where if you're not going for the head on all of your shots primarily, right? If you're going for the body, it takes a lot to bring people down, you know, more than say a Call of Duty. Like you're playing in Call of Duty hardcore multiplayer, Sean, you know this, like uh-huh. two taps, you're dead, you know, no matter yeah. what the weapon is primarily because you don't have a shield. 
and people have gotten so used to that from that culture that I think it's been a little bit of a shock. But what the Halo fans have wanted, they want that original feel. They want the, you know, Halo's pistol in the first game was legendary because you would have people on opposite sides of the map, one guy with a sniper rifle going at it with a guy with a pistol and 50-50, sometimes the pistol dude would win because he just knew how... Pistol dude, what's yeah, up? He Let's knew go! How to aim and I... I is I knew this game was good as soon as I pulled out my pistol and I had three kills straight in a row. And I was like, okay, they balanced this. Like, you know, it's nowhere near. They'll never make a pistol as powerful as they did in the first game, but they made I it. I love that pistol. Yes. <laughs> they've made that pistol back to how it feels um, from the second and third game. Right. Whereas before you, again, like you saw those kind of things in four and five where they diminished and pistol was acting more of like it would be in call of duty where it's a desperation thing. Right. Um, they were kind of allowing customized loadouts, I believe as far as, uh, I think it was four that did that. Um, you know, and again, that's not what halo is. Halo is me, you and Sean, when we drop in, we have the exact same things, the exact same tools. And, you know, if there's a warthog on my side of the map, for us to use that means they have a warthog on their side of the map and if at some point you know a tank or uh any, anything else is going to spawn as far as a vehicle we all have the opportunity to go work to get it and to make the sacrifices necessary to get it right willing to sacrifice yeah <laughs> that's what people want and that's what makes a really good arena shooter um for a lot of people is the idea of we're all equal and now it's it's about skill and working as a team to get there. Because like I have friends who they're like, well, there's no punishment. I'm like, yes, there is. There's very hardcore punishment in Halo because Halo is a game where you can't really just solo run and gun by yourself very effectively unless you're only going up against one other person. You know, having four people trying to capture a flag you need those three other guys. If you're the guy who's going to grab the flag, right? Cause once you pick up the flag, you can't do anything but carry it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have to like, if, yeah, I want you to do that. Yeah. If it was like me, you, and uh, let's say Jeff was playing with us, friend of the show, Jeff, you know, it would be your responsibility to protect me at all costs and get us there. And while one of us might go down in the process, we have to keep working going forward. Otherwise the flag's just eventually going to get returned. Um, the same is true though with Slayer, even like you get these Slayer. guys, you get these dudes who try to go out there by themselves and hero, you know, play. And they all of a sudden, even though it might be four randoms on the other side, they, that know halo, they know we need to stay together and think about where we're going to, um, and know when to go and get certain, power items on the map when they appear. Um, I've also loved it because in this, I will say they've done a cool already like seasonal event, their first special event. They did it during uh, Thanksgiving. I'm not sure if it's still going right now. Cause I didn't play it yesterday. Yeah. Um, but they did a cool thing called Fiesta, which was a blast because basically it was putting everyone on the map. You spawn with just two random guns and, a random power up and you know, you don't know what you're going to get. And it makes for some interesting combinations. I had one time where <laughs> I spawned in with the rocket launcher and the, uh, 
in the gravity hammer, which by the way, the gravity hammer is probably the most overpowered um, beast in this game right now. I think if there's one thing they might tweak soon and nerf, it's going to be that because people with this in the smaller maps, they become invincible really, really fast. <laughs> was that was that the weapon featured in the launch trailer today? Like it's a literal hammer? I haven't seen the launch trailer, but yeah, that sounds like it. Uh, Pause what you're doing and just go watch it. <laughs> I will later. I'll wait right here. <laughs> but yeah, I've loved, I mean, the Gravity Hammer has been around since I think three. Fun say. fact about the name Gravity Hammer. Uh, back, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. the, it's, uh, yeah. Just but, for one night at a legendary party. Yes. Your your hammer has its own gravitational pull. Yes. Yeah. So just one <laughs> night. Uh, Chris, if you don't talk about the repulsor. The repulsor is pretty cool. Uh, repulsor. That's like, the name of mine. Right? <laughs> Currently. <laughs> uh but was it the repulsor? I believe is the one that when you fire it, it kind of bounces off walls and all of a sudden can hit like one or two uh, people at once. Yes, uh, if I've yes. got it right, I'm I'm trying to be best. I actually would say that's not the best new weapon though. The best Ooh, the best fair, new weapon is fair. called, and this is what I always used to be called. Uh, it's called the skewer. <laughs> And it's this big gun that just has a huge, like, bolt, like, this big, right? It's kind of the uh, the banish to the upcoming villains, right, for the new game. Uh, it's, it's related to them, and it's kind of their equivalent to the rocket launcher, I would say. So, whereas a... <laughs> whereas the rocket launcher can hit the ground and blow up, if this thing hits you anywhere, you're dead. And you'll just, I had an afternoon where I kept in Fiesta getting that a lot. And I would just have guys come around the corner and you're, and you just see them fly back. Right. It looks like it, it, it's probably a lot bigger in game. Mm-hmm. But yeah. The, the, the concept of it reminded me immediately of Gears of War's like old school gun, like the old school Lancer that just had a blade on the front, even though I know it's not the same in Halo. But the design of it looked like that to me. I don't know how else to say that at all. He is uh, saying, by the way, uh, Dreadnought is saying, make sure you bounce grenades and rockets back. I am not very good at that yet. I'm not going to lie, Dreadnought. That is, that is where I am, Rusty, because, yes, I know you can do that. Um, <laughs> uh, there's also, like, a I can't remember what it's called. There's a lightning gun, which is quite interesting, because if you actually just go for the chest, right, Uh it takes like at least three hits just to get their shield down, right? But if someone's around them and you hit them in the chest, it will arc off and do damage to those other people. And on top of that, if you shoot them on a headshot, uh, it's an instant kill. So, you know, it's, it is insanely hard to hit those because it's a very small reticle. But, man, if you get good with it, uh, you can no-scope people one by one. And on top of that, it's a great weapon. And this shows just how well they balance these things, right? Like you're looking and you're thinking, well, what do you do in levels when vehicles start coming out? Because really, you know, outside of getting certain things, rocket launchers or having grenades uh, that, you know, you well aim and, or take out the driver directly and things like that. Sometimes vehicles, especially when it's like tanks or flying vehicles can be a little bit of a hard thing to handle, especially on your own. 
this lightning gun that they have, right? You can, if you have like a flying vehicle in the sky, you can shoot the vehicle. I think it's like once or twice and it will completely disable it. It acts like an EMP and you'll just see it fall out of the sky, you know, suddenly. So it, it, it gives you, you know, a tactical advantage like where if you learn what the secondary traits of these weapons will do and how they can help you, right? Like there doesn't seem to be an obstacle you can't overcome if you're looking for the right tools for it on the map. Right. And usually if those kind of things like vehicles, especially are going to be on the map, you're going to see that same with like the cinder block um, and others. Right. But <laughs> Let's see. I'm trying to read the. Uh... Oh, Draven says always go for the chest. Never go for the chest. Never go for the chest, sir. Always go for the head. You got that. You got that assault rifle. You got to go straight for the head every single time. That's the fastest way to take down them shields and then bash their head in. <laughs> but yeah, I've just been uh, thoroughly impressed with um, with just map design balance of weapons uh you know as people have started to learn these maps and and understanding where vehicles are going to be it creates more and more mayhem uh big team battle especially like you will it, it's got that classic feel of you can just look into some of these little canyons that they've created that are obviously meant to be bottlenecks and if you sit back you'll you'll just watch grenades explode one after the other as people try to gain the advantage of the ground and push forward on one another <laughs> oh yeah wow <laughs> Dre, i just read your chat that's funny um and i think as i said like all this coalesced to what i think is a great is base fun. for a game and the one thing that i think right now that could kill this for them very quickly if they don't keep correcting and it seems like today they're they keep trying to correct right and that is the battle pass. I think when they developed this, they were so determined and focused. Like they were just like, please play, please buy our battle pass. Like that was their only concern with it. Right. <clears throat> and they didn't really think about battle pass systems that are out there currently. Um, They're very popular that have become standards for all shooting communities right of how, even like going to something like rocket league right and how that works and it's clear because basically the battle pass is become a very slow grind and painfully slow because when it first launched and they've they've slowly tried to fix this but i still don't think they have it the only way you could get uh experience was either to uh was to have either a daily challenge or a weekly challenge that you completed and when you complete those you get like you know 100 or 200 xp and as you beat a challenge it just gets replaced with the exact same challenge requiring more to get the next level of xp from it right uh which means that you know if you got challenges that you aren't particularly good with or like the situation that you would actually find yourself doing those things don't come up that often um it made it very very hard to progress and most importantly i would say in this where where it's probably the most debilitating is I, i've seen the memes right i think 
if I don't know if you guys have like where imagine Sean goes 24 kills, you know, 10 assists, only died five times and had like two flag captures and one flag return. And imagine I go five kills, 20 deaths, no flag captures. If none of us actually made a challenge, the most we were getting before today at all was a hundred XP for that match. Both of us. That's, that's all we would get. And it, or I think it was actually, no, I'm sorry. It was 50 XP. I'm, I'm giving him too much credit. And that was it, you know, outside of those challenges. And the only way you can even replace them is to basically either through the battle pass itself or through the store buy packs that allow you to swap out what your challenges are, which I'm guessing is where they were hoping to, you know, get players to spend some more money. Right. Um, <laughs> the same is also true for the cosmetic part where there's not really a ton of interesting options for the cosmetic part of it through the battle pass at this moment. And the majority of them seem to be based in the store. And that is also creating a problem because you're saying it's going to take a long time, many matches, depending on what your challenges are to get to a level. And even then the changes are going to be so minute that you really don't feel like at this point you can build out a character that looks the way where you feel like you're making a character you want to look like. Say, for example, the exact opposite, something like Rocket League's Battle Pass, where if you're the first time you were ever coming into Rocket League was right now, right today. Um, you have tons of customization as far as colors and uh, the vehicle you want to use, even tires and smoke that comes out of your car, right? All off the bat to give yourself a little bit of kind of um, personality. But even if you just play the free battle pass, you're going to get so much stuff given to you over the course of that, which takes not long to get all the way to max level on, um, where you're then just earning variants of it that you can get right into that culture so quickly right now. There is nothing that is dripping to help players feel like they are being rewarded for their ability in the game and their ability where they can then again, start to feel like they're customizing themselves out and saying, this is my character online. When you, when you play, you know, for me, like I'm VS home life. And if you go against me, you know what my character looks like, right? When you run across me versus when Sean's character runs across you um, and those kind of things. And they really need to figure this out because I think it's the one thing I could see a lot of people where unless they just really love the gameplay and that's all they're hooked on for those people that kind of feed and fiend off of, um, Ooh, feed and fiend. John. Yeah. Off of uh bow passes. Right. And that kind of that drip of content, or if they want to just go to the store every day and spend real world dollars, I don't think many people are going to hang around for it, you know, and that's, that's my one big fear for this as we get closer and closer to launch. And, you know, they released an update today where they're going to say, Hey, at the beginning of the day, right. Every day it's going to reset. And I think like your first match, you're going to get 300 XP. Uh, and then maybe like your next two matches, you get 200 XP and then, the next three matches you get hundred XP and from the sixth match on or something like that, it drops back down to the 50 XP on top of whatever your challenges are. Right. Um, I still don't think that's enough. Cause you're talking about, it's like a thousand XP per level 
on this, you know, and it's just, it, it's kind of debilitating, you know, because even like before battle pass, right? Like call of duty, how did call of duty do it? Well, you consistently prestige, right? And then you would unlock more weapons to do and skins yeah, for those weapons. Like I mean, yep. I'm sitting here thinking about all these battle yeah. passes. Fortnite did it well. Destiny even incorporated it recently. And then one of your favorite games does it to a, like you were talking about customization and, and rewards and feeling like you actually got something. Freaking Rocket League. Like it's so simple, but it works right. so good. And it kind of is a little shock to hear that they couldn't get this at least close to one of the ones we just mentioned for a Halo game. Yeah. It's but like, you, you, Chris, you would agree it's not hurting it for now, right? I, mean, I don't think so for now. I mean, obviously. I, it's hard to judge, right? Because I well, don't. It seems to me like it's not. I mean, like Call of Duty and Battlefield are out now, correct? And particularly Call of Duty is not whatever you whatever we could agree on is the definition of Call of Duty not doing well. It doesn't seem to be doing well for a combination of three reasons, possibly three reasons. One, the Activision Blizzard drama. Two, people are happy with Warzone overall. Three, Halo Infinite. Sure. People are just really drawn to this this I, multiplayer stuff. It's hard for me to gauge because like I I believe the bulk of what is uh of of players for this game are on various Xboxes, right? Because you can play this on Xbox One, you could play this on your S, you could play this on your X, right? Um and I think as such, that's probably where the majority of players are. And then with the PC side, while with Steam charts, I can see what the current concurrent user base is on Steam for the game, right? There are also PC players that, like as you said you know, earlier when we were talking, you didn't realize that you could download the multiplayer through Steam. You, you were trying to go through the PC app, and that's not going to be tracked on there. So you probably do. Well, have, I knew you could do it. I just thought you had to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. You didn't, anyway, you didn't realize there's you know, out there. Does it look like Burgess is in timeout? Right. <laughs> He's just waiting for me to come back again. He's like, that was the greatest three minutes. I miss him. Um, but yeah, that's that's the hard part is judging right now, like, is the base, like, because I've seen the concurrent number has been going down on Steam, but I just don't know if that's because it's the PC side of things. I don't know if there's like 10 million people or whatever on on Xbox consoles that are still playing this thing. All I can tell you is that the Steam number is going down, and I feel like that usually in my mind says, okay, either people are just waiting for this to come out and see what the fully final product is. Right. And they can <laughs> also, it, is. it could be, or it might just be people who are multiplayer shooters, people going, okay, cool. This doesn't give me near as much. The reward as say a Valorant does. I'll go back to that or I'll go back to my CSGO, which is a little bit different, but still, you know, those kinds of things where, there be a combination for sure. Yeah, we did a looky loo. Now, now we're ready to looky loo. Right, <laughs> had our fun time, and you know, we're we're moving on. Yeah, <laughs> Valorant is a good. It's a good shooter, and you brought it up a few times, but it. Uh, I don't know, man. People seem to be really pissed off when they play that game constantly. <laughs> it does make you angry, I think. But yeah. that's that's true for all these games. Oh. So have you been playing, which uh, <clears throat> I know you've been going back and forth mm -hmm. with Series X and PC. Do you have a preference? Can you speak to any of the 
I, I'm, besides the obvious ones, a controller, ones a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. But can, is there a, is there a different feel you want to expand on or, uh, I mean, I've done it. It works per- perfectly fine with mouse and keyboard, you know, as any, I think any good first person shooter does. Right. Like, but for me, I will say I've spent the majority of my time on the X just because I, it feels natural to play with the controller when it comes to halo. It's why I've been trained in for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is your this is it, man. This is your moment, dude. Yeah, right. Is this um is this the next um John Rambo game? No. I would love to have <laughs> no. you come in. I would love for you to come no. in and play with me. I would love but see the reason we want you to come in is not because we want to see John Rambo. <laughs> yeah. It's completely the opposite. <laughs> I'd be like, let's let John figure out who the real John Rambo on the map is. <laughs> Yo. He's you probably would, on the other team if we're all together. <laughs> John, you would start looking up like trade-in policies for your Xbox and your PC. Like, can I? I don't. I don't, I don't deserve to even play games anymore. <laughs> Playing a Halo multiplayer, there it's legit. I'm a failure <laughs> in life. Right. Uh. Yeah. But no. Uh, the more the more important thing, though, is I will say this: regardless of whatever issues with the battle pass and maybe lack of certain modes where like I feel like everything's been limited to just the playlist and that's probably about to open up a little bit more because I can't imagine that they're going to keep players from where if they have a mode that they really enjoy and especially eventually when uh, down the line uh, things like uh, man was it called Urgh, I cannot remember the name forge uh, come out and you start to get custom levels developed mm-hmm. by people and custom modes right I would think Microsoft in the past has always been smart to curate that stuff in and be like, here you go, go play this because it's popular uh, for everyone out there. It's just, you know, right now you're kind of just going on a cycle of these modes and they're fun, they're engaging, but you know, again, they need to expand upon it. And I'm guessing all that, some of that at least is coming with the initial release. And then probably as they get more seasons rolled out and, you that. heard it. It yeah. always comes with the initial release. <laughs> we are such man children. We um, are. It's really pathetic. It really is. I mean, but you can't say something like coming with the initial release, John, and expect me to sit here. Like, I can't do that. I'm not wired that way. Um, but I did get an update while you were doing that. Apparently, um, Head Boy and Number One Fan is building a PC to beat you at Halo Multiplayer. I just threw that last part in there, but he truly is currently building a PC. So good vibes to the PC build. Bring it. Cause tell, those are fun. Tell me where to <laughs> buy the parts. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, well, apparently he's got, you know, if I've got DJ money, he's got nacho money and I need some of that. Cause if you can buy a PC stuff right now, I'll say I, I definitely was getting owned my uh, <laughs> first couple of days, but really once I got to when Fiesta started, that was when I found my groove because that was kind of like, you know, because of that mode, the way it, where you're starting with two random weapons every single time you spawn, right? You die, get two more random weapons, so on. That was where I was like, okay, let's see what these new weapons do instead of trying to default to just one of the two and then replace the other one with something that I know how it works and I know I can trust. And that's been, you know, the fun part uh, for me. But that's just me. Nice. Yeah. You, uh, I, I, I see that you've, the the train is kind of stopped on the track a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like we're we're pulling up to the station. Is there any last minute thing you wanted to add, or do you think you want to give it? Is it a is it kind of a working review? Is it? Are you ready to kind of judge what this is? Or 
Do you want to hold it until you say, play the main game and then give? I the think you should package? judge the full package. I will say this right now: yeah. all you're I've looking been saying for, that for years, if, I've been saying that for years. If all you're looking <laughs> for, <laughs> if all you're looking for though is the multiplayer, if you don't care, if you've never, you know, gotten in with the chief and in his storyline, and you don't know what's going on with Cortana and why we're trying to find her, and uh, you know, or try to see if there's a way I should say to maybe rescue her. Um, then I would just tell you that from a multiplayer only, I would give it an initial score of a nine right now. I think that's a fair score. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you are, if you are someone who grew up with halo and you have not played this in a while, especially if you have an Xbox or you just have a gaming PC and you can get game pass. Well, even this, you don't even need game pass. You don't even need that, right? Do yourself a favor, download it and maybe pick up a controller and go like, ah, let's see what this time machine feels like for me, where I can go back to a place, you know, of my twenties and, and remember what this was like. Wait, you played halo in your twenties, dude. I, I remember, I remember in college. I played in my teen, Sean. Yeah. yeah. I remember I remember in college I my roommates would take two or three TVs, put them together and play the original Halo multiplayer. Land I party. Never, and I and, and I I had no experience with that. I didn't touch that. The only reason the only reason though I can I can attribute this to Xbox. The only reason I got an Xbox 1 and Chris was there, I wanted to play the Master Chief collection. Yeah. I wanted to finally play it. Yeah. So I, uh, I am very much looking forward to the campaign. I mean, I, I can go back and say like, so I was in college. I was in my first semester of college. Right. And a bunch of us, myself included already had PS twos. Cause that came out earlier in the year. Uh, and this came out and, uh, my neighbor, my, my, you know, in my dorm had gone home from the weekend and gone an Xbox and brought it back and he had two controllers. He got this one boat game and the other thing he got was Halo. And I come in and we sit down and I'm watching him play the campaign. It's like, this is kind of, kind of multiplayer or something. And we said, yeah. So we started messing around for a little bit and we were just having fun. And then two more people came in and watched. And then we all went to Walmart, bought two more controllers <laughs> <laughs> and started having, you know, the 2v2 type games on the console because you could do up to four players back then. We go home for Christmas. Everyone's Christmas plans has changed. Three three or four of us came back on the dorm, uh, you know, to the dorms with Xboxes and Halo. That's all we cared about. And we were linking up to the uh, university's broadband in the building to play each other, and you'd have one team in one dorm room, one team in another dorm room doing battles and you just hear screams down, you know, like all of a sudden you're mother, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was, so, it was, it was a blast. It was probably some of my favorite times. Dreadnought so asked, you, uh, did you play with the dead zone at all on your controller? I don't know what that means. Do you, can you elaborate? Oh, I'm guessing he's talking about like dead zone as far as the sticks and all that. I haven't messed with anything now. I've just, you know, I just play super technical. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not that level of a FPS guy. If I die, I just go, uh, okay. And I move on. You're just like a, you're a default David. That's all you are. Yeah. I, I do not. My rage for multiplayer games as far as shooting, especially went with call of duty years ago, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Mine didn't. I know. I very much. <laughs> yeah. John, what you got, man? I didn't cut you off twice. Was it about uh, the animals? I think I was going to ask. 
I think oh. I was going to ask if they if they sell the Duke uh, to play this game. <laughs> That'd be nice if they did. Uh, really? Uh, man, Duke's great. I love the what Duke. What the Duke? Oh, the original Xbox controller. Yeah. It's like the Duke. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like this big. Go look it up. Google it. Just do Is it Xbox. really that big? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Is it's not yeah. the it was not a controller designed for our friend Brent. Uh, but I remember That's you. An inside joke. I remember you. Like I remember that controller. I had it. I don't remember it being gigantimous. Yeah, they they updated it pretty quickly um with a smaller version of it like after about a year or so from it launching because people are just like this is ridiculous <laughs> like <laughs> you just put it next to a playstation 2 controller and be like nah so nah. so holding a switch <clears throat> undocked is that about as wide as the xbox controller was because if you say yes that's insane it's about as wide as the n64 controller yeah probably not as big as not as uh, uh, not as long uh, but i would say as wide as Man. the uh n64 controller you know in chat they just brought up the donkey kong bongos that was oh man dictator, dictator terra i've i've never played the donkey kong with the bongos did i miss out you did ryan that's the uh, gamecube donkey kong yeah game ryan had that when we lived together and he pulled out one <laughs> night and we we had a blast we had a blast playing that game <laughs> that's nice that's nice Man, if you uh, if you're done, that was a great review on what's what's kind of like a working game in Halo Infinite. Uh, don't forget that the the main story, if you missed it, uh, Halo's December the eighth. Is that right, Chris? Correct. Yeah. December eighth. Yeah. yeah. Unless you live in New Zealand, then probably some point on December seventh, you could probably play it. And I, I would say that I'm getting it free on Game Pass, but Chris will be like, it's technically your pay. It's for not it. free. You pay a subscription. <laughs> well, good stuff, man. For you? And it, as you're talking and you do that review, I go, and he was going to talk about another game today? <laughs> like I said, it got derailed, man, because once that Fiesta came out, I was like, I got to do this neat samurai armor. Need it now. <laughs> nice change there's not chat they're changing their time zones to new zealand that's fantastic it's an ancient chinese secret <laughs> nice <laughs> very nice yeah uh but good man i loved it man i loved every minute of that thank you so much chris oh yeah no problem hot off the press and straight to your ears weekly games chat presents the news news you guys didn't peek <laughs> I well, didn't want to peek today. John's well, peeking. no, John peeked. Yeah. John's peeking. He's, John's peeking. It's fine. It's part of the shtick. That's what we do. Welcome to news. This is where we bring you all of uh, the hot off the press items in the world of gaming and things that we know that we've talked about before that you care about, we think-ish. I don't know. Uh, but to lead us off today is uh, possibly news on a Mass Effect show. So who better to talk about that than my boy Chris? That's you know, me. Mass before, Effect is your jam. Before Chris does that, I want to give a shout out to Chris for handling the news today. Stand up guy. He's just saying this in case there's issues. He, one and two. This is all uh, ulterior motives. I can see it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah. No. But no, yeah. I, I, John said, hey. I in got, fairness, I got John, stuff. I sent uh, Chris a news piece about Leroy patterson okay let's say jenkins no and he did not put him in the news i put the other one for another day that'll be for another day 
I put everybody right now who's like, who the f- is Leroy Patterson? <laughs> I was, uh, but I did have, um, what was it? But I did. I you did. did. Have, yeah, you did. I, did. You did. You I, I had the other one. There. Yeah. 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 Anyways, it appears that Amazon needs a commander for its popular lineup of television adaptations for Amazon Prime. I'll do it. Deadline reports that the company is nearing a deal with EA to develop a series around the Bioware popular science uh, sci-fi series, Mass Effect. Maybe you've heard it, of it. I don't know. Yeah. Bears beats Mass Effect. Right. There's no word at this time if the series would tell the story from the original trilogy or attempt to expand upon the Mass Effect universe. That's this, never a good idea. <laughs> this if it actually does happen, this would be the second series from Amazon based on a video game franchise as they've already started or stated they are developing a Fallout series. Bears beats Todd Howard. Um, all I know is that, guys, there better be a Krogan involved in this mofo. Like the grocery store? Like what's happening right now? No? Boo! Krogan for goodness sake. What if they just made the main character a Krogan? That would make me so happy. Just him walking around. I'm grumpy. I can't breathe because I got a genophage. That's how Krogan's talk. Oh, man. But yeah. Oh, my God. I hope it. Are you excited? I. I have to wait to see what well, it no, yeah. is. You know, it's kind of like like when you hear they're doing a Lord of the Rings series, you're like, well, what are they doing? What's the parameters? And as we've gotten closer, you know, my my hypeness goes. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't run. I wish I did currently. Um, <laughs> Draven is hilarious. I uh, I don't remember your hypeness on The Witcher. And it ended up being spectacular by Netflix. We know the second season's coming soon. Yeah. Um, and you hope that when they do adaptations of things, now we know that The Witcher was a video game, yes, but they pulled a lot from the Correct. books to make the series. When Mass Effect doesn't have lore like that, right? No, they got books. They they've they've expanded books upon before video games? No, no. Like right. since those games have come out, they've they've expanded that universe a good bit to tell a lot of things. And I mean it, it just again, it, it depends what do they want it to be and you know I'm sorry. Some of these adaptations, when I watch them, I go, man, I don't know if you have a, a great keen eye. Like, like, you know, when you watch Game of Thrones, right, regardless of whatever my issues might have been with the final seasons or whatever, that show just looks like it feel and feels like the adaptation of the book, like the way it, it, it shot its style. And then I've watched some other fantasy ones that have come out and I go, you know, and even even Witcher had a few of those moments in his first season where I was like, eh, "This is getting a little CW-ish right here." It probably it. won't hold up for a few years, but it's yeah. fine. So I, I I'm hopeful, you know, and as long as they have that kind of theme running through, where you have interesting characters that kind of operate in gray areas where they might seemingly come off as perf- perfect at first, but you realize actually there's some kind of deeper thing going on and the, that they're flawed. Yeah. Then, then I think you're making Mass Effect, and it could be really cool. So, I mean, there's a lot of cool things you could do with it. Yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of excited about it more so, especially than the like, what you mentioned, Fallout. 
And Fallout. watch Fallout be like the next greatest thing ever. I don't know. Fallout could be, oh man, there's so much. It could much be good can, too. Just yeah. with that show I, and the very first episode watching like the world get nuked, that would be, that would be quite. I, I, but I'm more of a, I'm more of a sci-fi space guy when it comes to my shows and stuff. I like space. Space. Yeah. All that good stuff. Oh, when the saints get delayed. <laughs> Volition's upcoming reboot of the Saints Row reboot, whose reveal was met with universal praise, uh, uh, I'm saying obviously sarcastically, <laughs> has reached the point of development where it will be delayed by the pandemic. See, it's a joke. Yeah, because, you know. You know, it seems to be the part of development yeah. you get to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how long do you a think re- they'll start blaming? How long do you think that blame the pandemic thing will last? It's 20. 20- 30 and uh, you know the pandemic <laughs> well what comes after omicron uh, originally slated for february 25th 2022 the studio now states the game will be released on august 23rd of 2022 if you do the math that's like six months of a delay ish chief creative officer jim boone uh, <laughs> he makes a great whiskey uh, explained <laughs> our priority is to create the best saints row game yet and if we released on the original date, it wouldn't be up to the standards we've set ourselves. And that you're expecting and deserve. The team just needs more time to do our, our vision justice. We're doing some fine tuning and there won't be much change in the game outside of overall quality and polish. Well, by fine tuning, they mean removing all the hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> they, and, they, they said they're and, not changing any artistic uh-huh. stuff but yeah. i think yeah. more i honestly think it's twofold I, I i mean i don't think you would delay this game this far unless you were looking and going it's just not going to be wor- ready and we want to make sure it's ready right but i think the other side of it what probably made it very easy is once they announced it it was like within a span of like a two two three week window it was like here are like six other games that are very big and already have inundated you know fan bases like you know i think elden ring got backed up to that time period you've got horizon forbidden west in that period it's like i think if you're if you're smart if you're you know someone who's working in sales and all that you look at this and you go they're gonna pick that over us so we're at best someone's second or third fiddle here unless they are already a huge fan of saints row Right. So why not just get the hell out of there and come back to a window that doesn't really have much of right now. Speaking of coming back to a window, let's change the word window to a game that, you know, stumbled out the gates. Mm. Well, I have a question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is CD project red on track? Are they? Here's the answer. (laughs) CD Projekt Red provided an update to the next-gen versions of Cyberpunk 2077 and Witcher 3 during its earnings call for the uh, quarter three, stating that both titles are on track for their respective release windows of Q1 and Q2. The studio, as a result, has begun the transition, uh, uh, begun to transition more resources to work on Cyberpunk's upcoming expansion that has, uh, that was originally slated for this fall, but has been delayed uh indefinitely i uh is it time to play cyberpunk sorry say that again is it time to play cyberpunk or is that your question no but the question is 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 does anybody care at this point um 
if I were Cyberpunk and they and and if I were if I were a CD Projekt Red and they and they confirmed in the news um, at some point this week, I thought I read that it was not coming to Game Pass. I would put it on Game Pass. I think they will eventually. I, I think, think they need to get if in order to get it back into the public consciousness. I think the right thing to do from a you know PR perspective is to is to get it get it finished get it as updated as possible and then put it and definitely put it on game pass. I could see them. Okay. My prediction will go one of two ways. If they're smart and they want just goodwill, cause I'm, I think the, you know, like, like Witcher three, they're planning two expansions for the game, right? I would put it on game pass the day that the new DLC comes out and I would make that DLC also free on game pass and say, look, we're sorry we messed this up. And it took so long as a way to say, thank you for those who are on game pass, you know, and who have weighed us out. We're going to go ahead and give you the, not only the game, but the first expansion for free on there on the service. Right. Uh, the other way I would do it is just, at the very least when that expansion is coming to say the base game is free now and DLC is like only 10 bucks, you know, or something like that and go from there. But we'll see. I mean, I, I'll probably go back only when the expansion's coming out. I don't know if anyone that I know of that's waiting for these next gen versions, maybe more so Witcher three, right? Cause I think those are, People just who love Witcher Three and they spend all their life in Witcher Three, those people are going to be the ones there. Yeah, you. For, yeah, me. <laughs> but there is one person that we both remembered, uh, remember, who really liked Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Shmam, Shbishop. Oh yeah, Shmamber and Shbishop. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. right. He was playing a ton of it. I mean, I don't think it's a terrible game on PC. I thought it was okay. I just, I was hoping for more. I I flew too close to the sun. <laughs> Sunshine was a great movie, by the way. If you'd ever seen it, um, damn it. We we if will you tell us about some chances, Chris? Well, guys, chances are if you were playing games on your computer this weekend, you were doing so on Steam, and that is because, according to Steam DB, the popular webpage that tracks concurrent players for all the games played on Steam has now revealed that the platform set its highest concurrent uh, player numbers ever over this past holiday weekend, peaking at 27,384,959 players. That's that's quite a few. Uh, that's pretty much, I think, the original Xbox Series X uh, or Xbox One <laughs> player base, just about a little under. Um the top five games played during this period were, of course, number one, CSGO, number two, Dota 2, number three, trying to hang on there, New World, number four, Halo Infinite, and number five, the classic Team Fortress 2. For comparison, in Thanksgiving of 2019, the player base hit 17,155,417 players, which means that over these past two years, that concurrent player base high during the holiday weekend has grown by 59.6%. <laughs> Fun fact, Chris calculated this because Sean would say he liked pivot tables, even though there were actually no pivot tables involved. You do like a pivot table when it gives you data. Yeah. Let's be honest. You do. Um, but I, this is, I wonder, dude, that's like 10 million more people 
Yeah. I mean, people, That's crazy. I think people sometimes like that only live in the console war space. They just don't realize like how big, like you're just saying, look, just on steam at this one moment, there were 27 million people playing games. That's yeah. just on steam. That's not including things like wow, or final fantasy 14, you know, league of legends, uh, farmville candy crush. <laughs> there are a lot of people who play games out there. Um, you know, so good for good for uh Gabe Newell. He seems to be doing okay. Make a new Half-Life game, hey, Gabe. <laughs> Gabe <laughs> Gabe tighten up. Um if if I were to say something was good for John this next piece, I mean it might be good for him. I don't know his thoughts and prayers on it, but we'll soon find out. Well, let's take a look see. Metroid Dread developers have announced a new RPG. I don't know where you saw this one. I have not seen this at all. Did this drop today? Yeah. I believe so, or yesterday. Mercury Steam won't be developing any more adventures for Samus in the near future, as the studio has announced they are working on a new game with publishers 505 Games. The game is a third-person action RPG set in the dark fantasy world, in a dark fantasy world. One must wonder if this hero can roll up into a ball. <laughs> they didn't really all offer right. more than that, but I was like, John likes Mercury Steam. Are you ready to? Do you think that they've won you over enough, John? Where even if it's not Samus related, you would maybe venture out and try out their dark fantasy world of third person actionness? Well, I've been a fan of Mercury Steam since uh, Castlevania: Lords of Shadow. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm willing to give whatever they develop a try. It's uh, it, it's a bit disappointing as I'm. <laughs> I was hoping that um I was hoping that Nintendo would scoop up this studio and just let them be there be one of their studios mm-hmm. um primarily for 2D Metroid games but you know they've got the talent to do a lot of stuff. Castlevania Lords of Shadow was a very solid game at least the first one was. Um so yeah. I mean reading between the lines now that you've said that couldn't technically Castlevania be a third-person action RPG if they wanted it to be set in a dark fantasy world? Well, that could. I don't know that the. I don't know that Konami would go anywhere near Mercury Steam again. Mm-hmm. Um, they just they got some bad press, whether it was deserved or not. And but secondly, Five Hundred Five Games. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their association would be. I think Five Hundred Five is has been in association with um uh shovel knight why does that sound like they were involved with shovel knight so i i when i think of 505 games i think of primarily 2d well retro type games but i could be wrong about that i mean i know they publish and yeah they might publish for them uh was it <laughs> yacht club right in that who makes yacht club, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so that I, I think a lot of japanese like indie type developers like that right where maybe they're not working always on an indie game but like they're not associated with capcom or nintendo directly right usually that's who they're partnering with is someone like 505 games to to get their game out right mm-hmm. speaking of getting a game out and getting a lot of people to look at it and play it yeah it, it turns out boys <laughs> that people really like Forza Horizon 5 and let me give you some information on that. Microsoft, you know that, you know that company. 
they revealed that Forza Horizon 5 isn't just the biggest game in the franchise, okay? It's the biggest launch for an Xbox game in the history of the company. In its first week on Game Pass, more than 10 million people cruised across the rolling hills and breathtaking sands of Mexico. Mexico. For comparison, Mexico. <laughs> for comparison, it took Horizon 3 two years and Horizon 4 nine months to reach 10 million player counts. That's just crazy, Insane. right? Insane. 10 million people played this. And I think like they said, like they had 5 million purchases or something like that, like day one or something like It was like a ridiculous amount. I mean, wow. That's just... <laughs> I, That's nuts. This has got to be the high point for this. I mean, like, if you're Forza Horizon team, could you really make something at this point that's going to draw even more people in that fast? Like, that could push it? I, I don't think so. I think this is their apex right here. You I don't, don't know. Think, uh, you don't think Halo's going to hit this? Oh, oh, I mean, I'm sure they could. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, for the Forza team, right? You know, that's just incredible, and I, I just don't know. You're incredible. I don't know what they could do no, but, to but, top it, to like, to get even more people to come in that fast, right? Right. Well, jo- well the reason John brought up Halo is because it, there, he was strictly saying, can it beat the 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 launch that this game had, which was insane. Um, I don't know if it will. This was big, but I think it could because it's Halo, and it's on the new system. Yeah. Um, but like I, I agree with you too, Chris. This seems to be an apex type situation for a game in a franchise, and who knows? But I mean, where what else can they do? I, That's why J- they make the money. Japan. Japan. <laughs> but, but look, this game is great. There was another game that's kind of you know, a lot of people play, Chris. Called well, Call of Duty. Well, while Forza for Horizon Five is doing wonderful, apparently, at all time highs, C O D on the other hand. Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard hasn't seen the level of success as past franchise entries, with Game Industry Biz remarking that its UK launch was the lowest for the series in over a decade. Uh, To figure out why there was such a sudden drop from last year's Black Ops Cold War release, the site decided to poll the fan base. Of those that responded to their poll, 79% said they had not bought this year's game. And of those responders, 55% stated that they were simply busy playing other games. 34% stated they've just played too many COD games uh, as of late. 24% say they have no interest in a World War II Call of Duty game. And 20% of it were turned off by the reviews. I think a lot of people probably thought that Warzone would be the biggest reason, but of the responders of this, only 14% stated their reason for not purchasing the title was due to the actual Battle Royale game, Warzone. So I just think that's like interesting, you know, you know, and of course they also, they asked, you know, and it was only 6%, I think of people said it was just because of the legal stuff going on with Activision Blizzard, which doesn't really shock me because I'm sure, the majority of mainstream people who play Call of Duty might not even be aware of it, right? Because they're just people, Call of Duty is their thing, and this is what they do. But I think the this big... This is the one game they play annually. Yeah, yeah, right? They get this in Madden or whatever, and that's that's like it. <laughs> uh, or yeah. I guess if they live in Europe, it's it's FIFA. Draven <laughs> um, said that the uh, Forza launch is a unicorn. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a good way to put it, to be quite honest it with It really you. is. Um, uh, so then Call of Duty's launch would be like, yeah. Not a unicorn. 
<laughs> it's it's weird because you just you know they've always been this unique thing like where even we're talking like they're down right and as i said before i think earlier in the show they're already the number two selling game for the year so it's not like they're completely you know crawling through and going we've only got two million people playing call of duty it's like no they're still like probably like 13 million in sales or something like that already right but it's just that you're wondering is this finally getting to the point where after all these years of domination maybe the player base is getting to a point where they've go we get this every single year we've got this free version there are so many other amazing games for us to check out that no. we want to play and people love warzone dude yeah well i mean yeah and wars and then the other group of people going i love warzone and I don't have to pay for it every year, you know, unless I want to get a battle pass. So yeah, like, what's Tim the Tatman going to do if there's no Warzone, Chris? Play. Do you know who Tim the Tatman is? I do know who Tim <laughs> the Tatman is. I'm, I thought he played. Wow, was he not? Oh, yeah, he, that's he used to back. In the, well, they, they, yeah, a lot of them used to. But Tim, like, he switched over to YouTube from Twitch. I don't know if I can say that, but he did. And uh, yeah, that's all he plays, man. <laughs> he makes great content. He's really good at it. Reed Draven's um, content that we cannot say on the show, but that is just great. <laughs> I think you can say that. Okay. CO Draven says COD is like a 40 year old porn star. It's time to hang it up. Right. <laughs> I, I think say, we could say that. It's I don't know fine. what they do. Like maybe, maybe the answer is just to invest in Warzone for a while and uh, give Call of Duty like a four year break. You know, but I, they're not going to do that. I know we know they're not going to do that because of how Activision is a company and what they depend on. Right? They need those sales. They they expect those sales, and investors are not going to be very happy if all of a sudden you say every year, even if it's not as high as thirty million like we used to expect, you go, we're going to remove fifteen million in sales or eighteen million in sales from the uh, from the balance sheet for any you know. If, even if it's just one year, but definitely for multiple years. I don't know. Very nice. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna turn um we're gonna turn the spotlight on a story now that's kind of been going on uh, about Activision Blizzard and that that mess. There's two big pieces. John's gonna read one. I'm gonna read one. Uh, and let's let's see where this takes us because it's definitely not over. Well, I like a big piece. Yeah, this took forever. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox heads speak out on activision let's see where this goes right <laughs> uh, a lot has taken place since the wall street journal's story on bobby kotick broke before thanksgiving externally from activision blizzard though three big voices weighed in on their reports nintendo america's doug bowser playstation chief jim ryan and xbox head phil spencer all issued statements uh all issued internal statements to employees and investors marking a common theme of deep concern over the reports and seeming lack of action at the company and a need to reevaluate their relationships with Activision Blizzard. Quote, we outreached to Activision uh, immediately after the article was published to express our deep concern and to ask how they plan to address the claims made in the article. <clears throat> Ryan wrote reports Bloomberg quote, we do not believe their statements of response properly address the situation. Spencer wrote to staff <clears throat> quoting disturbed um, and deeply troubled uh, by the horrific events and actions at Activision Blizzard and that Microsoft is evaluating all aspects 
of our relationship with Activision Blizzard and making ongoing proactive adjustments. End quote. As a result, oh, as a result, Bowser in an internal email to employees stated, along, quote, along with all of you, I've been following the latest developments with Activision Blizzard and the ongoing reports of sexual harassment and toxicity at the company. I find these accounts distressing and disturbing. They run counter to my values as well as Nintendo's beliefs, values, and policies, end quote. In response to Spencer's statement, Activision Blizzard provided the following statement to IGN, quote, we respect all feedback from our valued partners and are engaging with them further. We have detailed important changes we have implemented in recent weeks, and we will continue to do so. We are committed to the work of ensuring our culture and workplace are safe, diverse, and inclusive. We know it will take time, but we will not stop until we have the best workplace for our team, end quote. Um, Bowser's comment wasn't necessarily, as I recall, wasn't was more of a generic statement, and it was careful not to specifically talk about Activision. Um, but PlayStation and Xbox were a little bit more direct. And these are, you have to understand, these are comments that are made from a PR perspective to sort of, it, it kind of goes along with uh, corporate social responsibility and ESG, which stands for environmental social governance. These are, these are new things in big corporations that have emerged that, for lack of a better term, are pivoting towards sh- social awareness, making sure that you're hitting all the right check boxes, geared towards defending yourselves against audiences that I argue are in the minority that are automatically hostile if you if you pivot or slip or do the wrong thing, say the wrong thing, that kind of thing. It's interesting it's interesting in this case um you have to be careful when you make statements like this to make sure that your house is cleaned. And as we saw in the news recently, PlayStation has also been hit with some sexual harassment claims mm. um, following this statement saying that they were deeply concerned. There's nothing here, in my opinion. I would argue to you that uh, 15 to 20%, maybe even 30% at the most, where'd you get that one? Oh, the Papa John's, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, there's a good chunk of sales for, for PS4's last generation that went to those people that simply were there to buy Call of Duty every year, and that required the purchase of a box. So this is posturing, in my opinion, that will not lead to Activision and Xbox and Activision and PlayStation fracturing any type of relationship. It's just not going to happen. This is a matter of all these corporations, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, checking that woke box and making sure that they dot their I's and cross their T's. This is this is an insurance move, in my opinion. But I'll leave it at that. I think more than likely nothing will happen. And yeah, it is just trying to say to your team members, because I mean, pretty much all these were originally just directed internally, right? Like they didn't come out and do a public statement to whoever I think just like pretty much whenever they came out or whatever, I know Phil at very least confirmed. He said, yes, that is an email I sent out to my team, you know, and, and said, yep, that is very much me. Um, but I will say this, 
maybe not so much Nintendo. I, I know there are some things that go to to Nintendo's platform from Activision, but primarily <laughs> with Xbox and uh, PlayStation. You know, I will say if there is the one thing that I'd be like, what would get Bobby Kotick removed tomorrow? It would be Xbox or PlayStation playstation if not both going to activision's board and announcing we are pulling all activision products from our online stores uh until and they have grounds to do this i mean playstation did it to cd project red last year it's like everyone thinks they did it because of refunds no they did it because they were pissed off at cd project red for saying go to playstation to get your refund they said well if that's the way you want to play it we'll pull you from the store you know and they just did it one night and they didn't return it until like eight, nine months later when I guess they felt fine about it or whatever and, and moved on. Yeah, but, but wouldn't you agree though, Chris, that the bar has to be set a whole lot higher for them to take away Warzone, I mean, take away Call of Duty, all these games, because we're talking about one game at CD Projekt Red as opposed to a slew of titles that Activision has to offer. I think if they're going to do it, they're going to pull everything. Is what I'd say. Like, but that's my they point. Would, they're not. It's not going to come to that. I that mean, is an empty threat, as far I, as I'm concerned. You're probably right. I mean, we'll see. I think it might be more things come out there, but the idea of one of them threatening to it, if they actually did threaten right. to them and, and sent and, them and a to be letter, clear, nobody's made threats. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't want Kodak would be. Right. This is a the point I was going to make, and Draven beat me to it. Um, Kodak would be fired before any of those moves would even have to happen. Correct. Like if if, they, if if Activision Blizzard thought those were real threats. Yes. If if you told them we don't think we can do business and we do not think it based on our standards, right, of ethics and and all of this that we can support your company currently being on the platform based on you know as all the reports have come out and based on your response and the fact that the guy has had things, you know, personally accused of him, right. That he's admitted to, um, and all that, like, you know, as far as making a, <laughs> a veiled death threat to a secretary or whatever, and trying to apologize with it by saying, oh, I'll change my tone going forward. Uh, you know, things like that. Like if they say we are not going to do this, there is nothing bigger that would all of a sudden, I think, make a board flip on him and go, Bobby, we love you. We love what you did to us, you know, or like as far as the last 30 years, but we're going to need you to just take your, you know, at best probably just take your seat on the board and we're going to have to go get a new CEO. That's the only thing I could see. The only other reason I see it happening besides that is honestly just if the board goes, we don't like the way this makes us look and we're tired of having to answer questions about it and having to deal with it. And the only way it's ever going to end is if Bobby Kodak just moves on. Like that's going to be the only way we can even begin to salvage this. Uh, I don't know if that's likely just because I know there's at least a number of people, not a complete controlling share, but at least enough people on the board where it makes it, you know, where either some will have to break or some will, you know, everyone else would have to completely unite to basically force Kodak off there. I think it's more likely if it does happen, it will just be Bobby probably going like, okay, this is hurting the company. And that in turn hurts me long-term because I have tons of shares of, you know, Activision and I'm just fine with going, you know what, 30 years is enough. I'll ride off to the sunset. I think that's more likely if it, if it does happen, but we'll see. I mean, I won't be surprised at all if the dude rides it out and, you know, yeah, just hopes it fades. CEO- 
any any CEO in the country um, who could be in a if they were in a similar situation like this would would love to be in Bobby Kotick's position. Correct. I agree. It's like it's like what cancer would you prefer to have over all cancers? Well, that would be thyroid cancer because it's ninety nine percent survivable. And that's Bobby Kotick's got. He's basically has thyroid cancer. And and there's a high probable, very very high probability that he rides this out, and it's primarily because you know ever ever since ever since the news about Bobby Kotick hit that Wall Street Journal article, you've noticed that 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 a lot of the games media has focused away from the employee story, which is bizarre to me. They focused away from the employee grievances, the legitimate issues. Not to say that the Kotick issue is not legitimate. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, it all is to a point, but it just, it's interesting that, that the media has completely shifted and abandoned the employee grievance narrative to go after the rich CEO. It just, it's a strange, it's, it's, it's like the shiniest object is the Bobby Kotick story, which the board has backed him. They said the wall street journal claims are for the most part uh, misconstrued at at worst and not true at best. Well, wouldn't it be um, fair so to just, say that he kind of brought the spotlight on them because that one, like, for example, the statements released and then he has to say, I'm sorry, we didn't mean to send that. And it came out. No, I, I actually, the one that sent that, but I'm never going to admit it. And like, remember last week too, I'm like, is it possible guys that, you know, he's this big CEO and he don't know about things that are happening and some things don't make it, you know, to his desk per se immediately after we recorded last week, the news broke that the things I questioned, in fact, went right to his desk and he personally approved the firing of this person or that person yeah, or the non-firing of this person of this person and that person. So it's possible you're right, John, that the narrative did switch, but I think he brought it on himself. I could be wrong, but maybe. Well, those details came out. Those details came out months ago, but the wall street journal article seemed to give them a little bit more energy. Well, I um, mean, because, you know, honestly, it, it almost feels like it, it almost feels like the, the goal from the get go was to try to get Kodak. I mean, th- that just seemed. I don't know. That, that, seemed just, that just seemed to be like the. What would you call the activist, the activism journalism going but, on here? I mean, that's not it's the Wall Street Journal. I, I mean, this is the person who who wrote this, like their big thing was the Washington Mutual uh, like folly and downfall like where they pretty much were hiding all this bad stuff going on and ended up costing tons of people money because they thought the company was worth a lot more than it was right like that's what this person did before like she investigates companies that's what she's doing she hears a story and she does her own work and i think like through this mm-hmm. you go okay is this just something that's at blizzard or is it somewhere else and you start to learn oh it's not just at blizzard it really is a company-wide thing well Is it something that goes up to the level of the corporate leadership? And when you start to see these things and you're going, oh, Bobby, you know, knew and made decisions based on this, you know, that's where you fall apart. I'll be right back. I got some at my door, my food. Be right back. Oh. I'll be right back. Chris got some food. His his Chipotle got there. And I got garlic sauce on my hand. So I got to go tighten that up real quick. And I thought, I'll go ahead and give me another drink, too. We're in Plus a I jam. Got but I got who's some got, of them. Huh? Who's got the last bit? Me. Is it you? Okay. Yeah. I don't want to read this till I go get my garlic sauce off my hand, boys. <laughs> I can read Should it. Should I read? 
I'm going to read it. Let's go okay. ahead. All right, with garlic sauce. Um, more, even more details surrounding the Activision Blizzard. As detailed last show, one of the key reasons for co-lead Jen O'Neill's resignation from the company was due to a lack of equal pay. Additional, additional, am I like Russian? Like what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. Additional details have been provided from Mikey Barra, O'Neill's co-lead about her pay. When both employees took the co-leadership position, both were under separate contracts with the company, with Ibarra making more than O'Neill. In a company Slack channel that was shared by multiple employees with IGN, Ibarra clarified, I have been asked and want to make it clear. Jen and I shared with management that we wanted to be paid the same to co-lead Blizzard together. O'Neill later clarified, though, saying, when Mike and I were placed in the same co-lead role, we went into the role with our previous compensation, which was not equivalent. It remained that way for some time, well after we made multiple rejected requests to change it to parity. While the company informed me before I tendered my resignation that they were working on a new proposal, we were made equivalent offers only after I tendered that resignation. Additionally, over 1,000 Activision employees signed a petition for the removal resignation of Bobby Kotick as CEO. Quote, we, the undersigned, no longer have confidence in the leadership of Bobby Kotick as the CEO of Activision Blizzard. The information that has come to light about his behaviors and practices and the running of our companies runs counter to the culture and integrity we require of our leadership and directly conflicts with the initiative started by our peers. We ask that Bobby Kotick remove himself as CEO of Activision Blizzard and that shareholders be allowed to select the new CEO without the input of Bobby, who we are aware owns a substantial portion of the voting rights of the shareholders, end quote. Finally, the Wall Street Journal, Journal reports Bobby Kotick has told, toad, 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 <laughs> Bobby Kotick has told senior leadership that he'll consider leaving the company if he can't quickly fix the culture problems at the company, according to multiple sources familiar with his comments. <clears throat> That's the first I've heard of that. Yeah. Thoughts, prayer. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not <laughs> the O'Neill stuff again. Like it's just from oh, the, uh, Oh, Oh, oh. from the Chris, stand. We did, Chris, we didn't do finally this week. Oh, finally this week. There you go. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> is like more of like, again, with everything that's going on with California and them, you're just like, who is the HR person that didn't just, go and turn around and rush this through like right you have both people coming up to you saying we think we both should be paid the same we understand we had contracts before this we think we should renegotiate those contracts where you know jen has the exact same pay as mike so that anyone who looks at this knows that we believe that because we are now doing the exact same job we should get paid the same for doing it Right. And you have both of them saying this. And Mike Yabara, I think, had to come out and say this because he was being attacked when the original article came out as people, some people saying, like, oh, he wasn't in favor of this or anything. Like, no, he's like, I was very much in favor of this. Right. Like, I have no reason to disagree that she'd be paid the exact same that I am for a job, you know, and this kind of thing. And it's just like, I don't understand how you don't. Especially once her lawyer contacts you like 30 days after, I don't know how like two days later you don't come back with a new contract in hand going, here you go and get this all sweet, 
swept over. Um, as far as the other stuff, I mean, Bobby Kodak to me just seems like he's posturing, uh, you know, trying to say, well, if we can't fix the culture problems, I'm, I'm sure to him that means like till we can say, oh, we've put X, Y, and Z in place and I can use that as something to say we fixed the culture problem. Because I think the other side of it is what you get here, right? You know, when you have a thousand of your employees sign on and say, hey, we don't trust this guy. That's not some small number, right? You know, that is a significant amount. I can't imagine at the corporation I work for, you know, having that many people come up and say that about our CEO and then not have something where it's going to be a, a lingering issue within the employees where they're going to consistently talk about it and, you know, discuss it and, you know, theorize rumors or whatever, as far as what's going on, or even maybe begin to look for other places, especially if there's someone who's highly skilled and could go somewhere else. Right. And, and easily get paid just as much for a different company that doesn't have these current issues, but I don't know. Um, it's, it's interesting details to what's going on there. Right. And why maybe Jen O'Neill, another reason why Jen O'Neill decided I need to get out of here and get out of here fast because they're just using me. I think the, I think the word she was used was being tokenized. Yeah. And you know, everybody, everybody, everybody has a different version. I mean, look, if Activision was tokenizing Jen O'Neill, maybe that's the case. Um, but it's no different than the games media tokenizing um, Jade Raymond. It's no different than you know the games media tokenizing. I mean, I mean that's that's what this is. You have you have game developers who have accomplished more, done more, but because they but because they are a certain sex, they don't get revered in the games media. So someone else's tokeni- tokenization is another person's tokenization. But I still I go back to Jen O'Neill's claim that she should be paid the same and they're not, I mean, can you not, can, can we honestly say that they're doing the exact same job? Because what the exact same job often means is you handle the detail side. I handle, I handle the front facing side. I mean, there's, there's no way that two co-leads are doing the exact same job. It would be, it would be unproductive of them to do so. And with the pay parity, I can understand where Activision could decide that they don't want to pay Jen O'Neill as much as Ibarra based on just a quick Google of their resumes. I mean, Ibarra was the head of Xbox Live back in late 2000s. He's been a VP. He's been an officer in an officer position for almost a decade. The highest that O'Neill has climbed, according to the, to the resumes I can find, is she was the head, the studio head of Vicarious Visions before they changed its name. And a studio head is not the same as someone who has held these positions in the C-suite for as long as Ibarra has. And from an HR perspective, that has to matter. It's not about sexism. It's not about paying one one person less because she's a female, I resent the fact that it is automatically assumed that O'Neill was paid less because she's a female or because she's tokenized. That is not for sure. That is not definite. That is not a fact. 
And I appreciate that Ibarra and O'Neill coming forward and saying, I want to be paid the same. I understand and I appreciate the gesture, but it doesn't mean that Activision has must look at their resumes and go, you know what? We got to pay you guys the same. Well, there's no, there's no CEO that will precede a CEO or, or, or come or come after a CEO that's currently in its position that will be paid the same simply because they were the CEO of any given company. They will get paid based on their experience, their education. And I, and and I, and, and it's so strange that we have to have that type of conversation. It's so strange to me that we have to explain that to people. You do the same job, you get the same amount of money. Well, no. I mean, to me, that means if I'm going to get paid the exact same that somebody else gets paid, that means my master's degree or my PhD wasn't worth the money. That means that all the investment I put in my education and my experience wasn't worth it. If I'm simply going to be paid the same amount of money that the guy with the bachelor's degree has for doing the same job, what is the point? Well, I think the point would be on the counterpoint to Activision would be like, well, if that's the case, if you feel like you shouldn't have to do that, then don't choose her, choose someone else. Because it's, I mean, when she says she's tokenized, I think she's talking about the fact of I got picked out of all your heads because I was the only person that was even somewhat near the C-suite that you could say is a woman, is a woman of color and is a, uh, what you call it? A, a uh, member of the LGBTQ community. Like all those things are getting checked. Like see how progressive we are. And that's why she's coming back and saying like, look, you didn't, I didn't go for this. You know, I wasn't applying to be in this, but if you want me to come do this for you, if you want to use, you know, the fact that I'm a woman and all this, then, and you say you're putting out all these statements, how you believe in all these things you know, she, she's over there going like, what am I, you know, you're asking me to step in the leadership. Well, guess what? I've led one of your most successful studios. You know, I put out the Tony Hawk remasters that got praised probably more than any other thing that you've had in recent memory. Uh, I think that's a bit of a stretch. Chris. I mean, it's true. Like find me something from Tony Hawk was well-received. Yes. And did very well for them. But I I mean, I think that's a far cry from saying that vicarious visions was one of their more successful studios. But it's, I, 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 it, I take your point. Tony Hawk was great. But they've had but, number, I mean, numerous games that they've done for them through the years that have, you know, as a studio, like... They've done support work for numerous titles. Yes, you're right. Correct. They've and, done a lot of that stuff. I mean, if she wanted to move on from the company and go somewhere else because they would pay her more, I'm, I'm sure she would have had no problem leaving at that point. Like, they came to her trying to solve an issue because they had a PR issue. And that's the big thing. If you're going to go to that person for solving your PR issue, which is that right now we've got this huge investigation saying we don't treat women of, uh, you know, women the same as men in this company. Right. And your only argument is like, well, you know, yeah, we understand on day one, we can't correct it because there's already a contract in place, but we both know if they wanted to, they could easily correct that and it would have gone away. And when you have your counterpart basically saying, I agree with her, you know, I, I mean, like the part to me is like, I'm wondering if it's almost just that Bobby Kodak doesn't even know about this going on 
because I feel if Bobby Kotick is actually aware of it, he's going to tell you pay her just to, you know, not let this go down the road. And now what do you have? You have a person who's leaving, does not seem to care what she says anymore. Cause I'm sure a lot of this stuff is coming out of her office. Right. And it's, again, it just makes you look bad. And if I was any woman who would even consider going to Activision right now to leadership, it's really hard to say, yeah, I feel like I would get treated the same as someone else. Even in like, you know, like what if Jade Raymond went over to Activision tomorrow? Do you think Jade Raymond's resume is as good as Mark Yubara? She's ran countless studios, you know, even bigger studios than she has, you know? She's she a, has run countless studios. You're yeah. right about that. Mm. I just don't, I, I don't understand why this conversation is as, is as controversial. I mean, HR is going to do what HR does and they don't notify the CEO how much they're paying. So they don't, I mean, they do exist in a vacuum because you're not allowed to know how much somebody's really paid. I mean, maybe you should be, I don't know. Maybe you should, maybe people should be allowed to Google what my salary is at the company I work for. I know I don't want that. Mm -hmm. That's not what I want. But Mm -hmm. what HR does is completely separate from the decision that the C-suite or the executives at Blizzard make. They say, we want this, these people. Then HR goes, okay, we're going to put them in place, but we're going to pay them what they are marketable for. And I'm sorry. That's simply how it works. And it's, it, to me, I look at, I look at their resume side by side and I go, of course the, the other person's going to make more based on experience, education, whatever. Now, O'Neill has a master's degree, but we all look at that based on a grid. We look at that based on, and I've seen how people do it. It's complicated stuff. And in, 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 in a compensation department, they look at stuff and they weigh it differently. It's all the part of these algorithms or stuff. It's things yeah. like that. But you well, look I mean, at 10 to 15 years in officer roles versus a two-year master's degree, this stuff matters. And if it doesn't matter, then, then eliminate PhDs and masters and make four-year college for free. Then if it doesn't matter, that. it doesn't matter. I think, uh, I mean, to me, it's just, it matters in the world of capitalism, right? That's what it is. Is honestly, it's a business going. What? How much money do I think someone's worth to this business? Because everything to the business that isn't generating revenue is therefore by default an expense. And if you can keep, you know, expense down by saying, "Oh, well, this person is less experienced," even though they've now been hired to do the exact same thing as the other person. I'm sorry if you have the title of co-lead of blizzard you know that means i expect if you're having a major decision in a meeting those two people will both be in that meeting making that decision if that's the way you're going to run your company i don't think it's going to be well mike you make all the decisions and jen you just run the stuff underneath you know because if that, but again, that's exactly how it goes I if mean, it doesn't go that way it falls apart i mean i i don't it's i guess the hard part of here is i can't think of something right off the hand where i could say those two people have the exact same title working for the exact same thing. Like, yeah, I know that there's, for instance, say a senior manager versus a, of one department versus senior, you know, manager of a different department. Those things can, you know, have a different, uh, pay scale based on what they're working in. But, uh, I got, I got an example, Chris. Mm -hmm. 
So there's these three guys, right? They're all buddies mm-hmm. and they're all co-hosts on a podcast, <laughs> right? One of the boys, one of the buddies makes all the money. Two of the boys make no money. That's fine. <laughs> John, are you lost? Completely. I'm, I'm implying Chris makes all the money, John, and we don't make oh, anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he just, he challenged to bring up a scenario where that world doesn't exist like that. But okay. I mean, would you, how would okay, you Okay, John. Like, if we were as a company right now, if we yeah. just like all of a sudden signed a deal with Microsoft tomorrow, well, I've been playing games for 19 years. You know, well, I've been alive for 41. Yeah, you know, I feel this way. I feel, even though we all are three co-hosts on here and, you know, but, whatever. But Chris, but are we, do you consider us to be equal, the three yes. of us? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do the show notes. What do you do? I do production. Right. What does Sean do? He hosts. Right. But we're all equal. Yes. Because we're all co-hosts. That's all right. on this. I mean, yes, I, mean, I, mean, I get it. You can example. have. I mean, I mean, that's 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 but, exactly what I'm. But I'm you, saying you it's still the titling the details. Correct. It, it just I doesn't agree. work. I'm sure that one was going to head one part of things in that. But I'm saying when you have to make core so, decisions, so you concede that, that, and which is the only point I'm trying to make. I'm so the jobs it, are not the same. I'm saying that I would not just by the fact of knowing that they're both co-lead, knowing exactly what their responsibilities <laughs> were going to be, and go. It's but so you would, different. But you would agree that they're different. Right. They probably have different focus, but you're still both. It's like if I have two corporate vice presidents of of division, you know, <laughs> I don't personally in my belief, and this is just me, you know, I don't work in HR or whatever, but if I hire those two people at the exact same time on the exact same day, they weren't in this position before. I think they should start off, yes, at the exact same salary. That's that's just me. Maybe that's okay. yeah. I, I don't I don't think I've ever said this. If I have, it's been very few and far between, but I don't agree with Chris on this. Mm. And I don't and I, I John's point was well made. So you think, think if I promoted you and John to a new position that was the exact same tomorrow that you both had never touched before, right? You shouldn't be paid. I should pay more than John. It's possible because what 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 if what if John knows more than I do about it? You know, or vice versa. Say you know the exact same, Chris. You make a you make a you make a case there mm-hmm. that's more in line with what you're trying to prove, but that's not what's happening at Activision Blizzard. They're being hired into the same position, but with very different levels of experience. Chris, go look them up right now. Well, oh, no, I know. Obviously. Dude, I know who Mike Yabara is. Their, their resumes are, it's not even close. Sure. I'm not saying, I'm not even saying, I, I would be making, and I would be making this case if if the roles were reversed. I hope the audience can understand that. And I, I believe you. This is not that's about why. gender. This is about, this is about qualifications. Correct. For and the, I, the job, and, and is the salary justified? Exactly. And I think if we decide as a country, that that lo- that no longer matters fine mm. but we live in a society where that matters regardless of what the activists out there want to do if they if this is how they want to live their lives they need to quit their jobs and go work for a co-worker uh, a worker co-op well i mean i think where right, you have all the parity you want i don't think they're even looking at that you know like here you know in to her credit she did quit right she said look 
I see what you're doing. You, I have my coworker who's saying I should be paid as much as him, regardless of the fact that I'm not as experienced because I'm going to take on the exact same amount of responsibility that he has in this company, which means, yeah, if Blizzard tanks tomorrow, you're probably just as likely to fire me as you are to fire him. And therefore for that, you know, respect, we both think I should be paid as much as him. Now, I guess if now, Activision wants back to, to go story, back and to Mike Yubar and say, we can do that, but you're going to have to make less. That's something then that's a different discussion. And maybe they go off and says, look, Jen, <laughs> as much as I'd like you, I'm not taking a pay cut at this point in my life. And, you know, I've done what I can. I'm moving on. But she came up and she said, look, you're not paying me. doesn't seem like you want to pay me the same, even though we both want it. I'm moving on and I don't blame her for doing it. She didn't, okay, you know, in fairness, she didn't just move on. She moved on and made try and, and attempted to make an example of Activision Blizzard. Was it so during the midst of herself, what's already going on with the wall street journal? She's marketing herself mm-hmm. and setting herself up for something different. And this is going to, and, and, and I give her credit for it. She's going to reap the rewards of, of, of the action she's taken over the past few weeks, but she's marketing herself She's putting herself in a position of higher marketability by taking this action. Are there people around her just don't like what has happened? Therefore they're leaking. I mean, it's one of the two. No, she, she made the statement. She's the one that said it. Well, she she cleared. Well, yeah, she was being tokenized. No, well, she said that in an email and that got leaked to from whoever, whether it's people in her office directly or it's her, I don't know. Right. Like that's something you just don't know. And none of us, you know, it's speculation, right? I won't be surprised if it was her who directly said, like, this is literally what's been going on. But at the same time, that I mean, I don't think you're doing that because you're trying to better your own position. I think you're doing that because you're pissed off. And this is what happens when you piss off people. And especially when they know you're in light, they go talk to reporters, right? That's nothing new. I, I would <laughs> like I would like to see the time frame on when uh, if if Blizzard was already aware of the Wall Street Journal, like report or reporting they or were investigation and that's when they made the counter you know and that to me that tends to make me think they only made the counter because they went oh you know we gotta we gotta fix this if this gets out correct we're screwed and if that's that's the only reason they made the counter to make it equal that sucks and that's probably a, i don't know that's that's a bad move <laughs> to be quite honest and, but and, but, and, but again the, the 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 value of compensation um, it's, it's, a, it is about your qualifications, man. And it's not about gender at all. Uh, but this story is unique in the sense because the two people involved are both saying that they tried to make it equal going into the thing. That's where the little caveat comes in. And it's super weird, but what were you going to say, John? I, I will acknowledge that there's a, there, that there is a high possibility. And this goes back to corporate social responsibility and ESG and making and, and wanting to look good to your investors. I I would would 100% believe if it turned out to be true that they put her forward because she was check your boxes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I I take no qualms with that. I get that. But that goes to a whole nother issue of, of, you know, companies not necessarily having to, in today's marketplace, having to partner what is best for their bottom line and what is best to avoid getting reamed by a minority of people on social media. I mean, you have to combat, you have to combine the two. And this was, and this was one of those moves. I have no doubt that she was, um, inartfully as she would put it, 
tokenized. She wants to use that phrase. I think, I think to a good, I think that that is possibly true up to a point. So I give her that. It's not mine to give her that, but I, I, I I take her point. And uh, and on that note, I mean, this story, when we first reported it, we said, yo, there's gonna be a lot more coming out of this story. Well, we've been marinating on this for two weeks and I was, I I did a quick peek. I didn't notice necessarily any hate mail. Yeah. Yeah. We should, but I didn't, but I didn't click on the email. So it's, it's, those are, those are coming up. It's like, check them out. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. It's like weird because, you know, they were closed last week, right? Kind of like how we were off last week, you know, because they knew the story was coming and it's just, it's weird now because you're just like, there's a little bit of breath and you're just wondering is another shoe going to drop and when will it drop? And you know, that's honestly how these things usually roll. So we'll see. Speaking of rolling. Do you want to roll into some emails, Sean? Uh, that would be pretty nice at this point, considering I'm full but and I'm about to fall asleep. I would have to wrap it up. Oh, never. Never. John? Just to be safe. Electronic mail from the future. Y'all, it's eight twenty. If you want to be cool and not point out that it's eight twenty on a recording night, uh, but you want to write your emails in to us and we read them possibly on air, most likely, hundred percent. Weeklygameschat at gmail.com is how you do that. There are three emails, guys. There are three of us. This ain't that hard, right? <laughs> uh, pick one and let's go. You know what I'm saying? Let's do this. Joan. Because it is. You know. <laughs> Writes in and says, hello, boys. Hello. Longtime listener here and first time writer. I discovered your podcast on Pandora about a year ago. And while I haven't wrote in yet, I always mean to. Recently, I lost my mother. Thoughts and prayers? Thoughts and prayers, man who was the rock of my small family who immigrated to the U.S. in 99. Needless to say, it has been devastating, but listening to you guys on Wednesday night while doing my menial task at work really is the highlight of my day. I game daily as little or as much as I can since it's a very enjoyable thing for me, but recently I've not been enjoying many games due to bugs, patches, and open-world games like Far Cry 6, which I platinum, are now devoid of much fun. So I've mainly been sticking to more linear experiences, publishers and developers and that aren't too concerned with pumping up game or pumping games and the fun factor is not there for me anymore, except for a few of them. A quick example would be Insomniac, and I also enjoy a lot of THQ games. I miss the unrealistic aspects of games, things like weapon wheels and such, and I really enjoy my PS5 and recently got quite a few games during the Black Friday sales, including some of the ones you reviewed. I got Guardians of the Galaxy, Yakuza Like a Dragon, and like eight more games. Still, to this day, though, my favorite console is the PlayStation 3. And I often buy games for it. 
I wish they could do a PS4 or PS3 Pro that I could enjoy these games with just a tiny bit more polish and FPS. If you guys could get an upgrade to any console you've ever owned, which would it be? Sorry for the long email, but since it's my first time, I wanted to introduce myself and I'll be writing more often. I wish you guys nothing but success in the future and may your podcast live on forever. Really enjoy the topics, even though the Pandora reveals them before I ever listen to it. Well, that's the point. Uh, <laughs> uh, I never skip anything. Always listen from the start to finish, by the way. No need to mention that, but this podcast is the best and I've only found only one other that I really like to listen to. Game on, boys. Game on. Game on for sure. Uh, and once again, thoughts and prayers. And, and sincerely, my condolences, and I'm sure all of ours go out mm. uh, for the loss of mom. That is a tough one. Uh, and you'll what's, you'll never not think about her. So mm. it's and that's okay. But we're glad we're here for you. And, and we're, we plan to be here for as long as, you know, you guys let us be for sure. As far as a console, guys, I think I was, I think I would want the GameCube Pro. Ooh. It was already the strongest console of the time. Let's make it stronger. I, I mean, by default, I would say the Xbox 360, but I don't really need it outside of NCAA football <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, pretty much everything I would want to play is on there through back compat. But PS3 would be nice back just to compat. be able to yep. back compat. He, stored, he made a new thing. What? Old back compat. <laughs> Man, that's the abbreviation. You call it back compat. You know, I don't think you do. Backwards you compatibility. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. Hey, but yeah, I don't mind the length of the email ever. I just like I like that you do it, and yeah, we look forward to your future emails. Don't you agree, boys? Yes. It's not the length of the email; it's the the girth. Wait, what? <laughs> John, what's your console that you would make a pro version? Dreamcast Pro, bro. Wii U Pro. Oh God, no! Revision Dreamcast Pro. There you go. Got it. You're done. Dreamcast. Play some crazy taxi with enhanced graphics, bruh. NFL 2K2. What's up, ba- uh, Sega Bass Fishing? What's up? Let's go. Uh, who wants to get the next one? You or me, John? You pick. I'll be the last one. Uh, I'll take it from Vince. Oh yeah. Uh, tape that. Let's loop it whenever we need it, boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, 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 this email comes from Vince. Hey, friends, why is everyone's upcoming game for? I think he meant what, but you read it perfectly. Upcoming game for 2022, even with the delays for almost everything, I'm excited for 2022 games. John's still looking forward to Hogwarts. I can't wait. John and Chris, what's on your list? Well, Vince, you should probably wait for the episode entitled. Most anticipated games of 2022. Uh, but no, off the top for me, um, I've been waiting so long to play it. And it's another one of those games that is that is getting crammed into February, I think. And that's uh, Dying Light 2. Two name. And I think Dying Light 2 was my one of my most anticipated of this year. So, you know, it's going to be my most anticipated for 2023, 2024. Well, no, 2024 is Metroid Prime 4, right? Nothing, that game doesn't <laughs> exist. It does not exist. Um, uh, I'm, de- oh, I'm definitely excited about Hogwarts for sure. Is that your most anticipated though? Well, I don't want to, I don't really want to bust that wide open yet. Um, but it's there are some good ones. Forbidden West or Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, not God of War Ragnarok? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. 
uh, well, I told you I was already kind of. There was some. There was a news piece we wrote, we read, or something about the new God of War, and I was all like, I'm not excited about it. Remember? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Come um, the day it comes yeah. out, God of War Ragnarok. That's John, Sean. We're we're still we still want that Lego Star Wars the complete saga video game. So bad. <laughs> so bad. Um, I can't I, wait. I can't look very far in the future to. <laughs> To go the like future. where my most anticipated is, I kind of just look to what is the next thing that I know is coming. I want to play, and that's definitely Elden Ring for me. So. For sure, it's a good one. Solid, solid voice. Yeah. Final email we're going to read this week is from Corey, and we may know him uh, as Draven. Oh, been a while. Been a while. <laughs> Have you guys ever thought about letting some of the fans of, on the show or of the show join in on a podcast and giving their views on a game? I can answer yes to that, but I'll keep reading your email. Thanks, Big Pimpin'. Big Pimpin', spending G's. <laughs> uh, game on, gents. Game on to you, sir. Game on. Uh, I think, you know, we, I don't, I don't know if this is the right term, but we, we do have some of our more familiars, and I don't want to say that we make you characters of our show, a la like Howard Stern or other, you know, famous radio stations that made characters of their fans. That's not what I mean. But there are some of y'all I think would make really good, I think, you know, quick little like things and stuff. Uh, I got to, in full disclosure, Justice Platt tried to come on one time and do a show. With I remember us. that. He really wanted to. Um, and we shut that down. What was the game? I don't remember. Metroid. No, not Metroid. No. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons, maybe? No, it was. Uh, oh, he played that with Sekiro? us. Might have been. Might have been I don't. That. I don't remember. It might have been. But um, we read this email alongside my announcement that I am leaving the show, <laughs> uh, and we will be looking for America's next top podcaster. It's so, it, it's a duo. Now. You have to be you have to be as articulate and obnoxious as Chris. <laughs> we want pro no. union people only. Pro union people is a must. Yes, hey, I'm changing pro- my stand. <laughs> I was scared. <laughs> I would say, uh, it- um, just to give a thing, I would be open for this. I, I, having guests on the show, I kind of view it as this: like, this is our, this is our dungeon or whatever, you know. Like, right, this is our place to project out how we feel. And yeah, we argue with each other and debate things, right? But like, it's it's kind of like this is our soapbox, right, and where we put things out. And then you know, we we love it when you guys write in. And we get to kind of hear what you think. And then, you know, we, we, we kind of kick it with you. I would be open for this. Like say if we make it to like episode 500 one day and we can figure out how to do it, where if we could have like a call in show and people could interact with us that way, that would be fun. That'd be a fun experience. Um, But as far as people on the show, Platt ran that for all of you. There's a, there's a, (laughs) if we're doing it like a, like a Twitch way, there's a show called all craft that comes on and it's got a very famous streamer named Asmund gold, his friend, rich, who used to, uh, call the, uh, I don't mean to bring up blizzard, but he used to call the blizzard esports events. He quit blizzard by the way. And they usually have guests, like some of them kind of famous, some not. Um, and it's, they let, they find a way to let callers come into a voice channel that has a locked. Yeah, we can uh, code. We can do it on Discord. Something like that could work. 
um, live or, you know, think about the radio shows and I'm bringing this up again where there would be a number. And if it, it like right now on Sirius XM, uh, I believe it's the Dave Matthews channel and the Garth Brooks channel both do this where you can call in and say thanks and they'll play your message on the air right before a song comes on. Almost something like that could work too where you just call in and sound off for a bit and we'd pick one. That could work. Uh, but the logistics of having someone on for a show maybe get a little technical. And like Chris said, uh, I don't know how how polished someone might be. Or and, and, and I'll be honest to you, We've had friends of the show that we thought, hey, we know you in real life, you're funny or you're this or that. And even though there's not a spotlight, when 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 we hit go and you realize the professional level that the greatest video game podcast in the world starts when they hit record, you get paralyzed and you freak out. And then you have a Ryan Leaf of the show and you live on an in infamy. So, I mean, there is that too. But I love the idea. It's fantastic. And it's something that we definitely can kind of elaborate on. And I, I think there's a way, if there's a way, we'll find it for sure. Kind of like if you don't like sending an email to like an email, like weeklygameshed at gmail.com, we have a Discord channel. You guys know about it. If you don't, you need to get invited and come on over to it. Email section. Um, hey guys, this is from Cosmic. What's your favorite beat em up if you like the genre? Mine is the X-Men Arcade beat em up from 1992. Streets of Rage 2. Streets of Rage 2. John, what was the game you and I played on uh, Switch recently? That's my favorite. Streets of Rage 4. That's my favorite. We need to finish that game. I love that game. John, I'm telling you guys right now, if the air had a face, you remember this, (laughs) that face is destroyed by John. (laughs) Are we talking about arcade beat-em-ups? Did I go mute? <laughs> I was drinking it, Chris. Out of all the days to get a burrito and not a bowl, he gets a burrito. Exactly. Mm, I, I always, I, I used to just, I used to flock to the arcade to play um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two. That thing was my jam. And when it came to the NES, I was like, Yeah, was that Turtles so in Time? No, it was the one before that. <clears throat> it was. Um, but uh Chris, I thought of a co-lead um example. Um <laughs> what callback I'm, I'm thinking co-manager, Jim Halpert and Michael Scott in season six of The Office. <laughs> How well do that work? <laughs> That's so funny. Today, Draven uh also reached out over here on the Discord. This is from today. Quick question. If you could pick three games for a reboot or remaster, what would they be? Mine would be a Project Gotham racing game, SOCOM, and a remake of of Black would be awesome. Remake. Mine of well, SOCOM's definitely on one of mine. Siphon Filter's on one of mine. And probably a Sly Cooper. Three games, remaker. I'm gonna say the I want these remake. I do not just want remasters of anything. Games are fine as is. Stop remastering things. Get off my soapbox with that. Um, but <laughs> I would like a remake of Splinter Cell Blacklist, of System Shock 2, and 
Mass Effect 3. Okay, cool, no. Chris. That's what's up. I'm going to go the combination of Half-Life and Half-Life 2 together. It's just one entity. You can remake it all into one game. Nice. John, can you come up with three? Three or two? I thought it was a remaster and a remake. Uh, anyway. He just said reboot or remaster. I just I don't care. Oh. I just named three games. Um, Reboot? Ooh, I f- reboot. I don't know. Uh, I do. I, I, but I wrote down remaster. I would love to see a Black Flag remaster. That would kill. And as far as a remake, uh, Zelda Two. I would love to see a remake of Zelda Two, like com- completely updated graphics, um, new systems introduced, but keep it keep it side scroller. I think that would be so good. Well, and the in the response, Yuri, uh, and you guys know Yuri is very active over on the Discord. Yuri. He, Yuri listed Siphon Filter 1 and 2. that They were on the PSP. Dune 2 was a PC game. And Eye of the Beholder was a PC game. I've never heard of it. Um, honorable mention was Zach McCracken and the Alien Mindbenders. That game sounds like a party. Uh, final thing from emails over on Discord. This goes to Chris. Chris, how's the music episode, the music spectacular for 2021 coming along? It's going to be all Halo music. As it should be. <laughs> it probably will just be all Halo. Yeah, it's good. Um, let me tell you right now. As of today, because I want to be accurate. 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 I have 18 tracks already I have selected. We'll see how many of them make the final cut. And there'll probably be more and more because I always have that period where I go through and... Um, you know, kind of try to go out there and find things that I don't even necessarily know right offhand and give them a listen and go, oh, that's cool video game music and then share them with y'all. It's actually my favorite part of putting the show together. And then I have to go to John and be like, what what game do you want me to put in there? And he'll be like, Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, John, <laughs> you've already sent me 18 Metroid tracks. Pick another game. <laughs> I, don't know, I've, I haven't dude, given it much thought. And I think dude. last year I let you, I don't think, I don't even know that I recommended anything last year. I haven't this year. I try to, a lot of times Chris and I are in the same wavelength because we'll previously talk about like hanging out, you know, talk about how good this song was or, or something like that in the game. And he's like, that's going to be on the music spectacular. The only time I was insistent was two times the was uh, doom. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I w- was I? Probably no, no. Probably. But um, the opening intro music to "Pray" and mm-hmm. then that track from uh, "Octopath Traveler." I think that's the two times I was, you know, put my foot down. You could tell when you listen because I introduced it going like, "Here's the song for Pray," and then it just starts. <laughs> <laughs> actually, ah. actually, you agreed. You agreed on the uh, recording. I know. Hi, Mock. You said you said you didn't love the game. I did. But as far the music as the opening tight. sequence, oh yeah, I have to agree with John. They always they always have good music in their game. I think in their game. <laughs> yeah, you see what he <laughs> pivot. Uh, if you like, uh, if your if your platform of social media is Twitter, we're over there. Twitter.com. You know, at Weekly Game Chat. That's how we roll. We're going to just highlight real quick two new follows, and then we're going to start wrapping this bad boy up as far as the show goes. 
Uh, what up to at Cal the girl seven seven nine? Thank you very much for the follow. We are following you back. And at Orc Chop, that is short for Orc Chop Games, who is an indie game studio. Hmm. That's what's up. Thank you for the follow. Following you back, and that's it. That's that's it, uh, boys and girls. That's a show. Uh, so once again, if you'd like to email us, weeklygameschat at gmail.com on Twitter at weeklygameschat. And there is a link right there to get you over to Discord to be part of our conversation, which I'm going to let Acid Sugar know we may need a Halo channel soon. Just saying. Uh, this has been episode 334. Wherever you find this podcast, please leave a review and let your friends know about it. Uh, leave us a rating if you can. Uh, boys, any final thoughts? You're good to go. Um, if you look at my side profile, it looks like I, I look like uh, Reed Richards from Fantastic Four. <laughs> we keep hearing me, myself, and Irene, Jim Carrey, John. Sorry. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, but I'll look to my two friends who I love to death, and I'll simply say, game on, Chris, and game on, John. Game on, game John. on game on. Game on, John. I didn't expect that. Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. Good night. Welcome everyone, my name is Vaughn Hyde. I'm the host of IndiePod, an indie games podcast. With the help of my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average Josh Boys, we bring you all the indie games news you need to know, as well as shouting out some amazing indie games over on crowdfunding sites and occasionally derailing to a conversation about big anime chesticles. We are so happy to be part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network alongside so many other awesome gaming podcasts. So if you love indie games, make sure to listen in each and every Friday.